0: Hello everyone and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the city that spares no expense, Los Angeles, California. And joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, not so good. Someone took a bite out of me while I was on the toilet. <laughs>
0: Didn't even knock. What did I say about talking about you and your girlfriend on air? There are things we (laughs) don't want to know, Jules. There are things we don't want to know. And joining us from the one big pile of shit of Southern California, the Inland Empire's weather co-host, John. John, what's happening? Ha-
2: ha- happening? No, no, nothing's happening. Everything's going okay. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit hung up and a little running on sugar here. I need some peanuts <laughs> or popcorn or something, you know. Maybe something salty just helped me balance my levels, but I don't know what you mean. Nothing's going on. Uh, yeah, yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs>
1: Best Dennis Nedry impression of it
0: Suck it! Yes! <laughs> Amazing! Oh god! And before we get started If you like what you hear today Please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button Also be sure to share the show with anyone you think Might like to listen as well And all that nonsense is because We watched the 1993 Groundbreaking monster Stravaganza film Jurassic Park and John, how would you tell someone you watched Jurassic Park without
2: using the title? On my summer vacation, I went and visited my grandpa. He had one of my favorite <laughs> heroes visiting. I got to spend two whole days with him, including a sleepover in a tree. We almost got eaten several times. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's a Timmy slash the kid from Indian in the Cupboard. It's a little bit JFK kid. It's a little bit JFK kid. And Jules, (laughs) if the producers had asked you to come up with a different title for this movie, what would it be? Nobody cares about Dodson. (laughs) That is true. All right. So, guys, I'm sure we all have a lot to talk about when it comes to this movie and our experiences with it. So... Eeny meeny miny jewels. Why don't you start? <laughs> Why don't you start us off? This
1: movie was was like a status symbol when I was growing up, you know. And when, when I was in school, it was basically if you'd seen this movie, you were you had made it somehow, you know. At least at least in my, uh, I think I was uh, seven years old, eight years old, so too young to watch it probably. <laughs> and it's 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 genuinely the first movie that scared me. Now, Predator traumatized me. This was the first movie that scared me and haunted my nightmares for God knows how long. Um, But it was just, it's been my everything. This is the kind of movie I could watch at any time, anywhere, and enjoy it. Yes. It's it's aged so well, you know, 2,000 years in the future when, you know, the planet's just melted to pieces this should be
0: one of the records for us being here because i I just absolutely adore this movie i agree i've watched this movie so many times and i love it every time but
1: it's also a reason why i didn't watch horror movies until i was like 15 (laughs) because i i just got so scared by this and subsequently jaws that i i just could i could not i just thought i didn't like scary things you
2: know (laughs) i really want to know how you differentiate between the movie that traumatized you and the one that literally haunted your dreams (laughs) like what's what's actually the difference between those
1: it's the difference between macabre and scary for me
0: so basically what you're saying is that you didn't you weren't worried about raptors jumping out of a bush and mauling you but you were worried about predator sniping you from a treetop
1: oh no i was still worried about raptors Illogically <laughs> as it is, jumping out at me from every corner, especially kitchens.
2: I mean, at least Raptors actually existed at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We'll get into that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it was it's it's fear versus trauma because I think it's everyone has that first movie that scares them, right? Yes. And that's and that's fine. Most of the scaring's done in your head. In in uh Predator it was more like trauma just because of the gore and the blood and stuff I think like the that. The
0: first movie that scared me was The Nightmare Before Christmas, but we'll we'll get, we'll get into that when we do that movie.
2: <laughs> I wasn't allowed to see that.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. My cousin
1: wasn't allowed to see Aristocats for some reason <laughs> 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 because it's racist as fuck. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that kind
0: of shit. Uh, yeah, John, what was your what was your experience with this movie?
2: Oh God, I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> I mean, I I had I. A lot of kids do, especially boys, you know, kind of around five to seven, somewhere in there where dinosaurs are just your entire fucking world. You got toys, you got bedsheets, it's whatever is dinosaurs. And I had moved out of that phase and this like just sort of reignited it. Yeah, you know, It was a few years later. Uh, I think this was the first movie I willfully saw multiple times in the theater. I saw it at least three times. And I remember feeling so awesome because it was PG-13 and I could walk up and get a ticket without a parent, and I felt like I was like, just getting away with some shit.
1: You see, I couldn't. <laughs> it drove me up the wall that everyone else was sneaking in somehow, and I couldn't get in, well, at least not for a
0: couple of months. <laughs> I was way too young to see this in theaters. I was very aware that it existed, though. Like th- to-, to say that this was a cultural juggernaut is an understatement. I was living in New York at the time. This is before I moved to South Africa. I was also massive dinosaur fan. I fucking loved the at Museum of Natural History in New York. I still love the Museum of Natural History in New York. So super into dinosaurs, like every little boy. But I could not obviously see it in theaters. It was too scary.
1: But no, I think all kids
0: love dinosaurs. I can't think
1: of anyone who didn't like dinosaurs as a
2: kid. I mean, yeah, that's what I kind of touched on. I mean, I had a a poster that I framed, and it wasn't just dinosaurs, like from one end to the other it was like you had them and it was a cool landscape type scene but it was arranged by like the geologic period that they existed in there was little facts and info because i was always an incredible fucking nerd you know down at the bottom about certain types and what span of years they lived in and all that it was absolutely my thing for a while yeah
0: Oh, yeah, no, I had the book and I had memorized the entire book and all the dinosaurs, but I was much more. So for the movie before, like it was years before I would see it, it was like it was like three or four years after it came out. I finally saw it. I was embedded, however, in the consumer culture surrounding it. So this movie was merchandised to all hell. Oh, yeah, it was. And and I remember. I like two experiences in New York, one. I was given, like, like a Jurassic Park gift basket from a friend. Like, I don't know where this came from. It had, like, dino gummies in it. It had, like, I think, like, little graham crackers shaped like dinosaurs. But it also had, a like, a deck of cards from the movie. So it was, like, Jurassic Park playing cards. And in the center of each card was a frame from the film. So there was that. And I had... Official Jurassic Park toys. The fucking toys for this movie were amazing. You could get, like, a giant T-Rex. Um, is ha- this what started the phrase dino damage? Probably, yes. Dino damage, because you could take chunks of it out, and it would be mm-hmm. like... Like ribs and red on the yeah, inside. you'd have
2: like exposed meat. I, remember <laughs> I mean, it's plastic that, yeah. still, of course, but yeah. I mean, the,
1: what first thing that came to mind for me was the shitty little Tyrannosaurus head on a plastic stick. Did you ever get that?
2: Oh, oh, yeah, I, I'd gotten those whenever we'd go to the zoo. It, it was the long stick, and there was the little trigger where you'd hold it to make its mouth like quomp, quomp, quomp,
1: quomp. the yeah. most irritating toy in toy history. Oh.
2: Hell no! That is far from like anything with batteries that makes noise is way worse than those so <laughs> Well, if clack. you're the parent, if you're the clack, kid, it's awesome. Things. So oh, they're I... all awesome. If you're a kid, that's why I love being an uncle. I get to drop that kind of shit off, and after twenty minutes, go have fun.
1: <laughs> I just remember clickety clacking it on my finger and uh, and wondering how it would feel to get eaten by a tyrannosaurus. As one
0: wonders. <laughs> did,
2: did, did, Did we not
0: all wonder that really? (laughs) Especially after the famous toilet scene, which we'll get into. So I only had (laughs) the I had a Velociraptor. I I didn't get to have any of the cool ones with Dino Damage. But I did have a Velociraptor toy. I'm still I'm sure I still have it if I went back to my mom's house. And a Dilophosaurus toy. So there were two kinds you could get. And I had the one. One of them, the one I didn't have, was you could put it in water, like like squeeze it in water, and then you would like squeeze it and it would shoot water out of its mouth like it was shooting. You could shoot Dennis Nedry. And then the <laughs> second one you could get is the one that I had. It had a battery-powered roar, so you would pull its arm down, it would, its mouth would open, and a pre-recorded Dilophosaurus roar would come out. And it had a removable neck fan like a rigid removal what? so you would like put it on is like that
2: removable
0: <laughs> because it's it that's easier to design than one which like shoots out of the toy's neck it was just like a rigid well no i
2: i, I was thinking it'd be rigid but it would just be a part of it yeah that, that because you want to remove
0: out. it like if you want to have it like you know cutesy before it goes all murder hobo on dennis nedry it's still you not have that cute man i mean it's a great design
2: It's not cute.
0: (laughs) Well, you and I have different opinions on what's cute. So, And then you can put it on when it's in attack mode, either or. So those are the two that I had. I definitely watched this on VHS. That is my first time watching this movie. I didn't watch it in theaters. I have not seen this on the big screen. It's unfortunate. And we had the VHS, took it to South Africa. We had our kids' room with a TV in it. And one day I was allowed to finally watch Jurassic Park. And just like Jules, it scared the shit out of me. (laughs) That fucking T Rex scene was hard to get. Like I watched it by myself, it wasn't with my brother in broad fucking daylight. I had to pause it, I had to leave the room. calm the fuck down, go back in and keep watching that scene. It scared the shit out of me.
1: It's more than one scene though. It, it's that's the thing. Every time we gets towards the end of the movie, I'm just like, holy shit. It's getting to the kitchen scene. every time. <sighs> I know it's just a flawless sequence.
2: Speaking of that T-Rex scene where we lived, uh, Best Buy wasn't a thing. I forget what it was, you know, the home electronics store, basically. That T-Rex scene is what they used for like the home theater audio system demonstration, as well as the amazing quality that Laserdisc has to offer. <laughs> for those of you who may not know, I, d- I normally hate this sort of thing, but I think Laserdisc is odd enough <laughs> It was like a DVD, but the size of a vinyl record. Yep. And just like a vinyl record, (laughs) you would have to flip it over halfway through. (laughs) That's amazing.
0: One last memory I have. Actually, there's one more New York memory. So I was talking about the Natural History Museum. I remember this distinctly. When the movie came out, they transformed one of the rooms in the Natural History Museum in New York City to have Jurassic Park animatronics. None of the big ones, but there would be like a Dilophosaurus animatronic and maybe a, a Velociraptor animatronic. And they were kind of in a row and you just walked down, you could see them and it looked really cool. So they they definitely promoted the movie at the Natural History Museum.
2: That's pretty cool. I remember museum visits that had, you know, animatronic dinosaurs, but that was before this movie, so they were, they were definitely not as good <laughs> as, as what you got to see in New York. <laughs> I was in the deep south at the
0: time. <laughs> but yes, it is such, I, I eventually read the book. The book is also really good. It's very different. They are both good in their own way.
2: Yeah, by the time the second movie, by the time the sequel had come out, I had read both books. Very interesting.
0: Leans a bit more into like bioethics and corporate espionage a lot more than the movie itself did. But, hey, you know, it's its own thing. Michael Crichton, who also, yeah, he, he wrote that and then he also did ER. Like, go figure.
2: He did ER? Wow. Oh, Michael right?
0: Crichton did ER based off of his experiences as a resident you know, a doctoral. Yeah.
2: Well, I know what I learned today. See ya. I'm out. (laughs) Episode over for John. It's
0: just you (laughs) and me. Jules. All right. Well, I definitely want to take a bite out of this film. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to dive into the awesomeness. That is Jurassic Park. Welcome agent Dodgson.
2: You shouldn't use my name, Q.
0: Oh,
1: please, Dodgson. We're in a top-secret gadgets facility. It's perfectly acceptable to be familiar. Now, I have standard-issue passports and relevant visas. Additionally, specialized equipment for your latest assignment.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Something better than a chest of dry ice for those baby dinos.
1: Indeed. Here is the mechanism that will hold the vials of prehistoric embryos. It is stored in a miniaturized cryogenic container, ingeniously disguised to be perfectly innocuous, so long as it remains with a loud, crude, irritating American.
2: Okay, yeah, sure, but airport security is going to be suspicious. A large can of Barbasol for someone just going on vacation? This is going to get confiscated immediately.
1: Really, Agent Dodgson? You know,
2: 90s airports don't give a flying fuck. All right, fine. Thanks for the can. I'll just get the cash from accounts now, be on my way. See ya, Q. Not so fast.
1: We've yet to discuss your accessories. Now, see this?
2: Q. I have sunglasses.
1: Not ones with built in HUD heads up display. The hidden camera will scan the environment while the lenses provide information to help locate your contact, who is no doubt deep undercover
2: eating pastries at a coffee shop. You develop glasses that are smart all by themselves? We could just shut this place down and sell these. The public will
1: be ready in precisely 20 years and then they will hate it and it will be ignored. Finally, we have the most valuable gadget of them all. While on assignment, this hat must not be removed under any circumstances.
2: Hmm, okay, let me guess. You've developed some wiring and put it on the inside to capture my brain waves, and then that keeps the smart glasses charged with like a short range transfer electricity thingy.
1: No. This hat is to make you look stylish. You may be the company's finest tool, but that doesn't mean you have to look like one. <laughs> Plus you're clearly balding.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> <laughs>
0: And we're back, and we're going to open up on a raptor crate being loaded into what we will eventually learn as
2: the raptor pen. Yeah, and right off the bat, I had so many issues all of a sudden. But then I realized something, or I kind of reminded myself of something that I already knew and was able to make it all make sense within the world of the movie. Please explain. Okay, so these are the guys standing around at night to load a dino into the pen. All of their fucking hard hats have branding? Yes. Yeah. Uh, We know these... The raptors especially are incredibly smart and vicious and have these giant talons. So why in the hell are there these large gaping holes on the side of the crate for people to walk up and push it? Why the fuck do you have someone stand on top of a container to? lift a giant door like all of these things like this makes no fucking sense and then i remembered john hammond is a fucking cheapskate who really (laughs) cares more about how he's perceived than any actual (laughs) safety he says over and over and over again spared no expense but you get to see how much he really doesn't give a fuck about the people who work for
1: him. The thing was, is I just thought this opening sequence had like, you know, perfect visual storytelling. It wasn't hammy exposition. Like here comes the Raptor better open the door. You know, it's subtle, it's quiet. It builds up. But, uh, the only criticism or the only thing I noted from the opening sequence is that we have this gorgeous, ominous John Williams music intro, um, with a font That looks like it came out of
0: Georgia, the jungle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Watch out for that tree. (laughs) And also, like, once you see how the dinosaurs behave, you know, like animals would, the way this worker gets attacked just makes no fucking sense. Well, yes. No fucking sense. That is one of the many things
0: that, like, I take exception to in this one. One is that. Two is this crate is made out of wood. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Watching this movie growing up, I always imagined this as being like a metal crate that they put down. And then it gets locked into the side of the raptor pen. Locked because
2: you see the little lights. The only thing I can think of is that when the lights go to green, the interior door opened. Because there was already a shut door there. And the guy's clearly not lifting both doors (laughs) for the crate and the pen. That's it. And as Nick mentioned, it's not locked in place, which was one of my what the fuck safety measures. But I mean, come on. They don't even put locks on the goddamn cars that are driving through the park. You learn that later on. So of course he's
1: going to skimp. Did they lock the door (laughs) that hid Fluffy in Harry Potter?
2: Yes, but it can be opened <laughs> by a goddamn first year with the simplest <laughs> spell in the fucking book. But yes, the door was locked. So, Hogwarts, safer than Isla Nublar. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure where Green Guts falls in the ranking. Yeah, we, we're told by
0: through titles that this is Isla Nublar, 120 miles off the coast of Costa Rica. And this whole thing is being operated by the character we will later Learn is Muldoon, who's the game warden.
2: I'm of... sorry, I believe you mean discount crocodile Dundee.
1: Oh yes. And those shorts are nice and short, aren't they, guys?
2: <laughs> well, yeah. If they're good enough for Steve Irwin, <laughs> damn it, they're good enough for Jurassic Park. The rest
1: of those employees were wearing long pants, hard hats, shirts, and meanwhile he's there with yeah, short shorts. They're
2: not Aussie badasses. <laughs> well, he's
0: Kenyan is well the movie's Kenyan. We'll get we'll get there. The physics of this fucking scene baffling <laughs> the idea
2: is that there's a lot of weight
1: and that the velociraptor is
0: just superhumanly
2: strong i want to I, I like to think that they not only greased the track that the crate was lowered onto but there's also just wheels there are wheels you look underneath
0: the crate there are wheels <laughs> the pole bottom is pressed wood and fucking just regular wheels so yeah so they they, they push it into position and and so the Velociraptor starts running out, and apparently just the fucking velocity of the raptor running dislodges the cage and
2: has it pull back? I always took it that the raptor ran to the back of the cannon and like, slammed into the wall, and that's what caused it. But if it's slippery enough and the wheels are grease enough, simply running forward towards the pen would in theory move the can backwards. you don't know, that's the
1: thing. It's 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 all hidden. The velociraptor, you don't you catch like a short glimpse of its eye, but throughout you just see like shadows of
2: yeah, it
0: Yeah, it's unclear. But let's get into the rest of the ridiculousness. It's all it's all part of very good horror suspense. Yeah, like it's you're you're dealing with the monster problem. You don't want to show the monster fully. Yeah, you too get early. glimpses.
2: It's no, no. It, it it's well done, but at the same time nonsensical. Yeah. So the guy <laughs>
0: falls off the top. He like falls on his side, like right by the front where the
2: cage is disconnected from the raptor pen and that's where we learned that there's not a raptor in there but a high pressure vacuum system <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> what the fuck he gets like sucked halfway in
2: <laughs> maldunes try to pull
0: him out and then gets lifted up to the top vertically lift like how is that possible right
2: up it's like a really slow version of jump rope man you're down at the bottom <laughs> now we're up high then he winds up back down at the bottom again. How? The <laughs> muldoon tells them to tase her, and here's the thing. Well, no, no, no. It it starts with taser and drive her back, in which people with the electric guns are at the back of the fucking yeah. crate.
1: <laughs> That's what I was gonna point out. What are they doing at the
2: back of the crate? To drive her towards the people who are trying to shock her, <laughs> like.
0: What the fuck? And there are a bunch of guys there with like, with M4 assault rifles, fucking shoot it. Just shoot it immediately. Also, the the ostensibly the raptor paddock is now open.
2: Yes, also true. Why aren't the other raptors <laughs> just pouring
0: out and like starting some shit? They got fed already. Yeah, but they're trying. They've been trying to get out as we'll later learn. Anyways, uh, Muldoon and the raptor have an eye lock, <laughs> and he yells, "Shoot her! Shoot her! But apparently, not too late. Uh, so now we're at the Mono de Dios amber mine in the Dominican Republic. And what the fuck is this? Why is a lawyer wearing a full tan suit to go to a mine in the middle of the jungle? Because that's how you lawyer. And also, apparently the only way to this mine is on like a floating platform that somebody has to pull
2: across a body of water with a rope. Yeah, he basically has a loading pallet (laughs) that he is standing on. It's a little bit larger. It's not quite a raft. And he is getting towed by hand across the pond. For no anyways. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's fantastic. Like if if this is how um Jannaro the lawyer shows up, that means like this is how the crew gets in and out of their dig site? Being pulled one by one on this rickety ass raft across a pond? Utterly not no, a bridge. Go around. Something. A canoe. I love the idea of mine as
0: canoeing to work. <laughs> <That's brilliant.
2: laughs> I bet it's been done. I bet it's been done in the I past. don't see anything weird about that, to be honest. It's perfectly reasonable. Given You know, depending on the locale of the mine, yeah. You might have to. I mean, there was a lot of canoeing in that, 40,
0: that episode of Baywatch involving chasing gold, so you never know.
2: That was kayaks and rafts. Thank you very much.
0: Anyways, uh, so the head of the mine is Miguel Sandoval, right? Who is he's just a character actor who's been in fucking everything, including Entourage. He played this guy called Carlos, who was the head of the Avion Tequila company.
1: But but don't hold that against him.
0: <laughs> don't know, no. He's he's taking taking work wherever he can. We get it. The worst show in the world. <laughs> I mean, that's the one you referenced. So, yeah, so apparently the lawyer, uh he's there to meet Hammond to talk about a lawsuit from the dead worker's dad, the worker who died in the opening scene. uh But he left because his daughter's getting a divorce. By the way, this is a $20 million lawsuit in 1993. Like, what the fuck? Like, where, why are you not taking this meeting with the lawyer? Also, why is this happening at a fucking amber mine?
1: Well, my, my note here is, where was this lawyer when they opened
3: Hogwarts?
2: <laughs> he would make so much money. <laughs> he was at the hand of God mine in <laughs> South America? I think that's perfectly obvious. I mean, we all know that he is an incredibly competent lawyer. But he can't be everywhere, man.
0: Rewatching watching this movie, I have a lot more sympathy for this lawyer, uh, which is weird.
2: Yeah, I, I also wanted to get into, why did everyone always see him as the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, he's just doing his job. So first of all, he's apparently,
0: like, the insurance company for the park now wants a thorough on-site inspection. Uh, later, we're going to hear that it's the the investors, so who wants the inspection is going to change. And apparently, instead of getting, you know, experts on animal captivity or theme park safety, uh, the, the experts they want to bring in are a mathematician and some paleontologists.
1: Chaos. Chaotician, But yeah, that, that was going to be one of my... Okay, one,
2: I absolutely love the fucking delivery you just had there. Thank you, thank you. Two, it's that the investors wanted Malcolm, and Hammond doesn't want him. He wants Grant. Right, but like, who the lawyer is
0: doing all this on behalf of kind of changes and gets mixed and matched. Oh, yeah, that's a
2: whole other
1: thing. That's That's the question I have, is why these three scientists, as opposed to safety inspectors as you say or anyone who's more qualified with theme parks
2: and animals i don't understand why jeff goldblum
1: exactly <laughs> i mean i can kind of get alan grant because he's a behaviorist you know he's a
2: dinosaur behavioralist. more than that because as previously mentioned john hammond is a piece of shit <laughs> who will cut corners and do anything to get his way <laughs> he's not bringing in just any expert He's bringing in people who are dependent on him. He's the one funding their research, and like he lands a goddamn helicopter in the middle of the. Well, we deep are jumping side. ahead here, but yeah. And as soon as they find out who it, is, I, I know, but as, but as soon as they find that to make my point, as soon as they find out who it is, they are apologetic. These people depend on him, so that's who he's going to bring in to have some little yes men on his side. He's a piece of shit.
0: Oh, yeah. No, he's also a piece of shit in the book, but like a piece of shit. Oh, much more so
2: in the book. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But he also dies in the book, so spoiler. The
1: trouble is that Richard Attenborough is so likable, it's impossible to hate
2: him entirely. That's not a problem. That's a great piece of fucking casting is what exactly that is. he's a fantastic character he's a shitty person i want to make that distinction right. yeah so before since before we jump the gun completely <laughs> the t-rex does some shit and roars at the end guys we're done
0: <laughs> podcast over
2: tune in next time
0: for <laughs> another episode of millennial rewind uh so my question is, so is this lawyer's like rambling on about this like site inspection to this amp guy who's running the amber mine why does he give a fuck oh,
2: yeah why
0: <laughs> yes okay thank you yes exactly <laughs> and apparently just everybody who digs knows each other because miguel sandoval's like look you know you're not going to get alan grant out of montana and the-, the lawyer's like why not because grant's like me he's a digger <laughs> while he looks at like a an amber with a Bug trapped in Grant
2: him. is a dwarf and he's digging a hole. <laughs> diggy diggy hole. Diggy diggy hole. <laughs> Look, Alan Grant also had a big bushy beard. Just saying. So cut to the
0: Montana Badlands where a group of archaeologists are digging up not a velociraptor. This is they fucking put the uh, velociraptors are like two feet tall in real life like they put fucking steroids on these goddamn things this is nine feet long no this is a franken raptor
2: what movies didn't accurately depict reality
1: (laughs) and you also happen to notice that they don't dig it up they just um they dust it off this um this particular this particular raptor has just been softly spread with sand.
2: I don't believe they actually refer to what they are currently brushing off as the Velociraptor. That's what they're using with their like magnetic imagery like they gave they gave the rock a sonogram and they said they found a Velociraptor that way, basically. Yeah, like with this machine that you like put a shotgun shell in it, and you got to
0: stand on it, and there's tires on it, and it shoots this sonogram into the ground. Yeah, the
2: because the guy they depend on for their livelihood doesn't give them shit to maintain their operation. <laughs> the
1: guy claims that the bone bounces it back, and anyone who knows anything about fossilization knows that fossils are not bone. That's true. The bone is replaced with rock. That's why it's preserved in such a way.
2: And that bugged me yeah that is that is absolutely true and also if this is like an x-ray uh the bones aren't what bounces it back it's like the lead sheeting that they put you know under your arm so really when you're looking at an x-ray you're looking at bone shadows is a nice way to think about it there's a song in there somewhere
0: (laughs) so yeah so we meet ellie alan grant uh sam neill ellie sattler uh laura dern Fucking incredible actors in this movie. And yeah, so they're watching this, and the the guy who's like on the computer with that's hooked up to a 12 inch TV monitor is like, Yeah, you know, just a few more years, we won't even have to dig anymore. And Alan Grant's like, Yeah, what was the fun in that? And also, so my question is, he starts like, to, they do this to establish that Alan Grant is not super into technology. He starts touching the TV, and then the
2: image goes gets staticky he has a strong bioelectric uh field <laughs> even when he touches the cardboard surrounding it it fucks up that's the power I, I know th- what the fuck? that's the power of magnets <laughs> there is
1: there is one criticism that i sort of found about a lot of the meaning that goes through this movie and the the luddite attitude towards technology is just a piece of it i'll tell you more about it when we get there but it's b- beneath the the movie is a theme of Anyway, it is a theme of technology bad, natural good.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean I can I can see a case being made, but the younger generation really knows that Unix system and I'm totally a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this is just a very basic user interface. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we, we we will dive into that. You guys really want to get to the end of this movie, apparently.
2: Uh... I just think it's well known enough we don't have to go step by step. We can stream of consciousness this entire fucking episode and everyone would follow along. I can along. recite
1: this movie from memory. I
2: almost gave myself the challenge of doing this episode without having rewatched it. But I'm very glad I did. But I'm very glad I did. I caught a lot of stuff that I would not have remembered.
0: This is very much the easiest notes like of a movie that I've seen like for that wasn't Jackass. This is like after Jackass, this was the easiest notes to watch. So yeah. So basically, you know, Grant pitches the ideas that, Hey, maybe dinosaurs were a lot more related to birds than reptiles, you know, which is kind of like a mainstream idea these days, but apparently back then it was still somewhat controversial. It's like, Oh, look at the, the air s- sacs and hollows in the bones, like a bird. And like points to all these things, like even the word Raptor means bird of prey. That doesn't mean shit, dude. That's just a fucking name.
1: But no, I I appreciate I appreciated the science behind that, though. I, I will say to this day that science has aged very well. Uh so then the kid from the Adams family
2: shows up. It's once again Whit Hertford. This was uh, Dan Hedaya's son in the movie. <laughs> the happy little perfect family, and this is their cute little angel who's in the school play. His whole role was to be embarrassed. (laughs) And now
0: it's to be annoying. He's like, yeah, that doesn't look scary. More like a six-foot turkey. (laughs) And then Alan Grant becomes my hero because he fucking scares the (laughs) shit out of this kid. Yeah. Stan Neal
2: walks up to this kid and pulls out a fucking dinosaur claw and demonstrates all the ways that it will disembowel and eviscerate you before eating you alive. So show some goddamn respect you little shit fucking amazing
1: there's a term in movies called save the cat where a protagonist does something very likable to make you instantly relate to them in this case alan grant doesn't save the cat he traumatizes
0: the child
3: it's just it's as
1: beautiful. effective
0: <laughs> makes me like him instantly and yeah even as a kid i fucking hated that kid and i liked alan grant yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true It just shows that you know sometimes the those story structure things are absolute bullshit, but it's it was it was just one of your sort of favorite moments, just in terms of opening rants, basically. Yeah. Yes, it sets up the you know the terror of some of what we're going to get to, and it's also just
0: this. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this moment because he talks about you know a you know when the raptors are hunting you, the attack doesn't come from the front; it comes from the sides. Pin in that. Yeah, a lot of great setup. Also, what the fuck is this kid doing here in the middle of the Montana Badlands at a dinosaur dig? Just I wanna know. Making wise cracks at the
2: team. Like whose kid is this? Clearly some other people who are super into this and you know, they're totally gonna homeschool him while they're out in the <laughs> desert. Uh, I wanna <laughs> see
0: pre like character change Alan Grant just teaching school. T- <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. Oh, God. Anyways,
2: uh, Ellie. That's how he developed his hatred of children. (laughs) So, yeah, Laura Dern, like, kind of gives him some shit, but clearly enjoyed it at the same time.
0: Yeah, she's like, hey, you know, if you wanted to scare that kid, you could have just pulled a gun on him. And I'm like, all right, taking notes, taking notes, Ellie, what else you got? How else would you scare the shit out of a kid? Um, And he's like, what's wrong with kids? And he's like, look, they're annoying. They're noisy. They're mad. Messy, they're expensive they smell again I fucking love you Alec Grant like, wanna...
1: my note for this is how did Nick's internal monologue end up in this
0: movie <laughs> I Alec Grant vis-a-vis kids is my internal monologue <laughs> and yeah speaking of helicopters now we're at the moment that you guys have so thoroughly ruined uh yeah this helicopter land. i'm kidding i'm kidding john looked very pissed no at no, me no, no 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 uh, no i
2: i just y- yes we're at this moment where a helicopter descends right in the middle of the dig site but here's the thing i don't think hammond's on this helicopter i think this is his ride out of there because they they see it coming down and they run straight over there to help get Stuff covered up, and they run right up to the pilot to be like, What the fuck are you doing? They're like, Oh, yeah, go look inside your uh, like camper trailer over there. Yeah,
0: and what's crazy about this, like, is like Alan Grant comes up to him, he's like, Shut it down, shut it down. And the guy doesn't shut it down, like, it's imperative that he shuts it down so they don't fucking like cover up the dig site. And the guy just points over to the trailer, he's like, Well, I guess I'll go over to the trailer then, yeah, (laughs) instead of making sure he shuts down the helicopter. It's kind of And so Alec bursts It's like, dude, what the fuck? And John Hammond is in there, the delightful Richard Attenborough. Oh
1: my god, Richard Attenborough is so amazing in this role. He's so
0: amazing at this role. And he pops open a bottle of Moet et Chandon, a very fancy champagne, like actual champagne. Pops it open. He's like, hey man, we were saving that. And to which uh, Hammond replies, for today. I gotta see it. It's like no motherfucker. What?
1: After Grand puts an accusing finger in his face, he shakes he it shakes like his, his finger. doing a handshake. <laughs> then blows the dirt off his hand. It's it's such a beautiful
2: interaction. <laughs> yeah, he's a phenomenal character and a shitty human being. <laughs> yes, because
0: as you said, he's like ah, looks like my fifty thousand a year has been well spent. Like, and then Allegret's like thing. Demeter completely changes because Ellie bursts out like, Hey, who's the asshole? Oh,
2: oh, hi, hi. Let me introduce you to Dr. Sadler here, Mr. Hammond. And all of a sudden she's just like, Oh shit, I just called him an asshole.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, called him a jerk, but he's he's an asshole. (laughs) Grumble rumble. And he's trying to like, you know, get glasses and they're like, Oh, we'll get the glasses for oh no 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 no. I know my way around the kitchen. Every kitchen, every kitchen is organized differently, dude. Th- This is like, what I'm saying.
2: He's been in that trailer for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he's and like, he's like, it fuck it, man. They're not taking a break. These people are too dedicated to their work. Send in the helicopter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so apparently now it's the investors that want them to sign off on the park. It's like, look, I've got this biological preserve. I would like you to come endorse it. And they're like, well, what kind of park is it? doesn't explain it, by the way. It's like, nope. It's like, it's right up your alley. I mean,
1: alley. what other kind of a park would it be? I mean, what, what, what is Grant thinking at this point? That it's, what, an
2: iguana park? I have no idea. There's only one
1: thing it could be.
2: But how would that ever factor into an in your mind that, oh, obviously they've cloned and have living dinosaurs? There's no way he would have thought of that.
1: But what other qualification does he have? I mean, yelling at at kids?
2: Uh, Maybe it was another interactive museum sort of thing. I don't fucking know, man. You know, the big (laughs) animatronics, whatever. Oh, okay. There's no way he would have thought that. But again, but like our friends at the mine stated, Grant doesn't want to leave until John Hammond's like, well, I'll fully fund this shit. Yeah, he bribes him. Yeah, he basically bribes him. We know he's been, what what was it, 50,000 a year? for equipment and wages and everything else for this operation that's not a lot of money i mean i know it was the 90s but still that's not a lot of well, money Well, he
0: wasn't the only contributor like they were clearly like having to like get other donors and point whatever. He's like,
2: being without him they're fucked right
0: and so he's like yeah, i'll fully fund your dick for three years and they're like cool where's the plane yeah <laughs> that's how the best
1: science is done you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so now we are in san jose costa rica and look, this is one of the most memed movies of all time. <laughs> First famous meme. So
2: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> there's a dude in sunglasses. He's got like a Havana hat on, like a, a trilby. And he's like, you know, trying to be all secret age. He's got like a leather's briefcase. Wayne fucking Knight is just sitting yeah. there at this outside restaurant. Oh, Wayne Knight, you delight. And he... He's like, hey, Dodson. The guy with the briefcase's name, he sits there and he's like, hey, uh, don't use my name. He's like, <laughs> he looks around and makes his, he's like, Dodson, Dodson, we got Dodson here. Dude, no one cares. Dude, nobody cares. It's a set up. So many memes from that moment.
2: So fucking good.
1: We remember how scary this movie was, but this movie was also
0: hilarious. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as an adult, like when you get the, the subtleties of certain things, like it's, it gets better with age. This is a fine wine of a movie. And so basically Dennis Nedry, Wade Knight, Feels that Hammond should have been paying him more for what he
2: does, and honestly, when you learn about what he does, yeah, he fucking should have. And it's also his kind of his fault, though. He's working there as a contractor, and he basically will bald his price. We don't know what it is he's got going on in his life. Obviously, he really needed the money, so he bid, he outbid, you know, everyone else for the job. But then, bitches, that he's you know way too good for what they're paying. True. Him. So basically, Dodgson's like, hey,
0: get, we need you to get one of every embryo off the island. He gives him $750,000 up front, $50,000 for each viable embryo he brings out. And the way that he wants them to bring the embryos out is in a fucking
2: modified Barbasol camp. Secret agent style. This thing came from like the goddamn Q department. Come on.
1: <laughs> but I, I have a question. So what kind of a company, you know, that's resorting to corporate espionage, the only solution to catching up with their competition is to steal dinosaur embryos.
0: <laughs> I think in the world of the book, there's just a lot of like
2: bioengineering firms competing in that. Like... Yeah, it's another bioengineering firm. And InGen, Hammond's company, they not only have the genetic material, they have patented it. And so they want to get these samples so that they can learn from the research and then find their ways around the patents to make their own. It's not something that's even touched on in the movie
0: at all. Well, anyways, he's gonna get him the basically the, the plan is he's gotta get these embryos to Dodgson's guy on the boat. So more on that to come. And very interestingly, the, the the waiter brings the check and Nedry's kinda like looking at it like, Hey man, hey Dodgson, you're gonna you're gonna pick that up, right? Because he said, Don't cheap out of me, Dodgson. That was Hammond's mistake. <laughs>
2: Yeah, as he's sitting there with his bag of $750,000, he tells him not to cheapskate him and <laughs> stares him down to pick up the check. <laughs> he probably ate three
0: US dollars worth of food. Like This is Costa Rica in the 90s. Like he, that, that...
2: And you can't forget the lovely dickhead move of when he tests out the shaving cream on his hand. He's like, he's so fucking giddy that it works. And then he wipes it off on a piece of pie like it's a bit of ice
0: cream. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It
2: took me a while to figure that out. I thought that was just whipped cream. That he was right when
0: I was a kid. I don't. I don't <laughs> know what the
2: fuck barbasol is. Uh, again, it's that there's just enough age difference between us.
0: <laughs> also, barbasol is not really a brand outside of America. So you're not gonna say this corporate
1: espionage scene is brought to you by barbasol.
0: Oh my God, I should have said this fucking corporate.
2: And there's no menthol.
1: Let's pick up a Big Mac on the way to the ballpark.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is before Wayne Knight knew how to properly product place. But he would eventually
0: become the master. Still the gold standard. So cut to a helicopter flying over the ocean. We got Hammond, we got Grant, we got the lawyer, we got Ellie, and we've got, I'm just calling him Jeff Goldblum, because he is motherfucking
2: Jeff Goldblum.
0: Yeah, and Grant has brought his fossilized raptor claw that he used to get, scare the shit out of the kid for some reason.
2: It's the one thing that brings him happiness.
0: Jeff Goldblum's talking about chaos theory and all this stuff, and his laugh here is a. There's a lot of crazy what, like. Noise. Is he
1: doing a Elvis Presley thing here? It's
0: like ha 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 ha
1: ha. <laughs> <laughs> in in my in in the subtitles when I watched the movie, it said growling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be it's like cat growling laughter like it's it's a weird hybrid. it wasn't a laugh properly, I guess the subtitles
2: person thought, and so well yeah <laughs> like I mean he's, he's kind of laughing, describe. but he's doing this like like almost like a <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not quite a purr um, but, but it's not, kind it's kind a growling purr. though. It's
1: not
0: not a purr. We have to call it, henceforth, a gold bloom. Yes. I'm cool with that. He gold bloomed. He gold... Well, here's the thing. He (laughs) gold bloomed the shit out of this movie. Oh, he gold bloomed (laughs) the shit out of this role. Yeah. And my... Head headcanon is that again he did not get fucking lines for this movie he just improvised all of this he went out and learned about chaos theory he mastered chaos
2: theory and he just talked i am okay with adding jeff goldblum to the Busey leary factor i'm i don't want to keep <laughs> extending the name but i'm okay with that specifically because i don't remember when this interview happened it wasn't for this movie it was far more recent but the interviewer was asking him about these, you know, gold bloomisms and just the way he, you know, um, um, speaks and, you know, that sort of thing. And his response was like, I get paid well to act the way people expect me to act. So what you think of as Goldblooming is, yeah, it's a thing he just does. <laughs>
1: but the, the character of Malcolm should, as we mentioned earlier, should not be in this movie. What the hell is this guy contributing to park safety?
2: Yeah, I don't understand why the investors or insurance or whoever the fuck is hiring him really wanted this guy. I mean, is he a stats guy? I don't know. I mean, he's he's there for some great monologuing, but what the fuck would he have to know about, you know, the security of this park and whether it's stable for... You know, to open for business, basically.
1: I mean, I like to think they brought Stephen Hawking in to test out Disneyland before they opened it.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, so also this is where Jeff Goldblum will start hitting on Ellie, because he's talking about the laws of attraction. He says, Dr. Sadler, I refuse to believe that you are unfamiliar with the concept of attraction. Eh? Eh? <laughs> and have responds to this by like saying, I bring scientists,
2: you bring a rock star. So here's what, what uh, Jules was saying about just how great it is, you know, for the casting, and how it's impossible to not like Hammond, he's the one wearing all white. Your typical bad guy all in black is Jeff Goldblum here. He's the one you're supposed to be mistrusting of, according to typical, you know, film language. That is
0: very true. Very nice. So
2: now... Beautiful, beautiful,
0: beautiful John Williams' music swells as we get one of the most... Nonsensical lines in the movie? No, I was going to say one of the most famous, like, arrival sequences of all time, (laughs) where the helicopter flies onto the island, but... I don't know what you were thinking about. Well, my note, too, is John Williams seduces me again.
2: I love you, John
1: Williams, and I want to have your music babies. (laughs) I agree
2: wholeheartedly, which is why it wasn't until this very viewing that I noticed how absolutely dumb this island reveal is. Oh, shit. Why is that? Okay, so in the helicopter, um, you've got Hammond and uh, Grant and Sattler. And they're in the seats where their backs are facing the front of the helicopter. And Hammond looks slightly sideways, like out the window, and is like, ah, there it is. As we see the helicopter directly <laughs> approach the island in a straight line. So he was looking out over the ocean they already flew over? He saw the reflection in the water, so he knew. That water is choppy. There was not a good reflection.
0: <laughs> I tried. Okay, God damn it.
2: I really wanted this to make sense. I was hoping for some weird ass reason there was maybe like some mirrors on the back of the helicopter or something
0: and he was able to He saw it in the reflection in Jeff Goldblum's glasses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 that's chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this flying into the island and the it is gorgeous and as Jill said uh, the the john williams-ness of it all just mm.
0: they land of course there's a whole bit where they it's rough air so they're trying to both put their seatbelts on but grant and ellie can't put their so they eventually just tie their seatbelts on because shenanigans we got to see all their crotches which is nice
2: well this was a bit weird because it seems grant is the only one that had trouble but there's clearly only three seats so that yeah so that would mean ellie had trouble but the point of uh, Grant's problem-solving is also some of the more well-known foreshadowing of the movie. You know, it's kind of the buckle part. He doesn't have the, the tab that would insert into it, so it's what is would be referred to as the female part of the seatbelt. They can't click, they can't go together, but he finds a way. <laughs> no seriously looking
1: into the details i love it
2: this is an insanely well-known aspect (laughs) this is not something i came up with (laughs) how have you how have you not heard of it before (laughs) i don't live in the movie
0: theory universe of the movies i watch i just i'm in the pleb section so in the car ride over you know they get get down they get into some jeeps i have always wanted one of these fucking jeeps you will occasionally see jeep wranglers decorated like this, like the Jurassic park painting. It's fucking amazing. I still want one. And basically the lawyer reiterates the stakes of the film. It's like, look, you know, we're here to do a third investigation of the Island. Um, if the investigation went badly, we'll shut you down. He says in 48 hours, if they talk, referring to the investors, if they're not convinced, I'm not
2: convinced. And I'm pretty sure he's got that backwards. No, see, I have always defended this line because he's talking to Hammond about how he represents investors. But when he says if they're not convinced, he gestures to the other folks in the Jeep, to the folks in the other Jeep. Sorry. Oh, If, if those folks are not convinced, it could have been said a little better, but yeah, it's if those people right there are not convinced. I'm telling your investors to shut this the pull out and we're shutting you down. Got
0: it. Okay. That confused the fuck out of me. But, but what you say makes sense. I do remember that gesture. It always it came across to me as if the investors aren't con it's yeah. a
2: small little gesture and I have had to <laughs> point this out so many fucking times over the past almost thirty years now. <laughs> okay, well thank you for explaining it to us and the listeners.
0: And so now um, they're driving through a clearing, and even as they're, like, arriving into this clearing, Ellie has an extinct leaf. Uh, Yeah, I don't get this. I don't understand I don't get this either. Because what we will eventually learn about how they bring dinosaurs back to life, how the fuck would they
2: bring a plant back and where did she get it <laughs> she just kind of <laughs> leaned out the jeep i mean the covers are off the windows are down she just kind of like snagged it on the way <laughs> yeah. that's easy to explain where the fuck it came from is the problem because it's been extinct since like the cretaceous yeah there aren't any mosquitoes like
0: sucking the blood of a plant <laughs> and they getting caught in amber yeah so yeah, we have like stop, stop 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 ellie is just <laughs> fascinated with this plant right and alan grant like this is one of the most famous reveal sequences of all time
2: because it's just oh my god sam
0: Neil, so beautiful can't fucking believe what he's seeing and ellie's just talking about this plant like this is impossible and he's just like he doesn't even like say anything he like takes her head swivels it and then she's just like her jaw drops it's,
2: it's one of the things that's missing so much whenever you know characters come in contact like Nothing like this ever happened in the Transformers movie. The modern Jurassic Park movies mm-hmm. are missing it. And it's just this sense of wonder. Exactly. It's so well done. And my God, this sequence has no business still looking as good as it does. I know. It's it's still I mean it's 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 obviously a bit of a composite shot, but holy fuck, this looks so much better than I thought it was going to. The picturesque scene at the lake with the herds of the dinosaurs it's gorgeous well also just the single brachiosaur walking past them and past the jeep and, and like rearing up to eat from the tree and how even the tree snaps back and some leaves are falling it's the little jump it's fucking amazing oh. i know a lot of times we've we've made fun of cg and been like oh post jurassic park world but you rewatched jurassic park and you're like this still fucking holds up there's a, there's a couple points that don't, but this, oh my god, this this is still absolutely incredible. It is pretty red, yeah. So they see
0: this brachiosaurus, and this is what's caused the wonder, and we get the more John Williams music to seduce us. They get out of the fucking jeeps and start running towards this nine-story goddamn dinosaur. Like, you fucking crazy
2: people people try and pet lions when they go on safari so i mean <laughs> the species was a mistake i i i i get that it's i mean i get that they're not acting you know in their right mind and thinking logically but
1: yeah i, th- I think of it more as just a holy crap
2: I yeah crap they're, they're I so guess. overcome by just this holy shit this thing is right here in front of us like this is not the time to to Ron Weasley, your way through the situation. <laughs> fine,
0: fine. Well, anyways, we get another one of the most memed parts of the movies because Jeff Goldblum says, you did it. You crazy son of a bitch, you did it.
1: And... Well, the welcome to Jurassic Park is the, the iconic line. It is the iconic line that also comes Richard Attenborough and then cutting to that beautiful picturesque scene of dinosaurs grazing.
2: And then we had to ruin it with the lawyer. Because now we show that, um, now, nah, he's just a greedy little shit, and now he's getting off on that.
0: Yeah, he's like, you know, we're going to make a fortune with this place. And it's like, are you going to make a fortune?
2: You, are you an investor?
0: In what way are you, lawyer dude, going to make a fortune with this place?
2: Yeah, how is he involved? <laughs> That's a good point. I never thought of that one.
0: Do you have points on the back end? Like well, what
1: of all the lawsuits that are probably gonna come his way. Yeah, no <laughs> shit.
2: Later on, he's he's going off on just how they'd be able to charge these amazing prices as if he's getting a cut of it. It's so weird. Or maybe like he gets a bonus based
0: off of performance from the investors. Who the fuck knows?
2: That's not how having a lawyer on retainer works.
0: Nope. Or even having a lawyer who bills by the hour works. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, they now drive to the visitor center and you know,
1: well, I, I I did want to add one more note because of that beautiful scene that we just saw is that that was the i think the first time i wrote the note fuck our nostalgia is bullshit tagline premise shtick when we
0: watch movies like this oh agreed well
2: all that means is we need to stop watching movies like this
0: (laughs) (laughs) on the one hand i'm glad this movie's still great and still holds up on the other hand i'm glad there are enough plot holes and like little goofy bits that we can actually like point to the biggest plot holes all
2: involve the t-rex it's amazing (laughs) We will get there. Oh, oh yes, we will get are there. there are several.
0: <laughs> so like I said, they pull up to the visitor center. And, you know, as they go inside, John Hammond is saying, look, we're not just going to have rides. Okay, it's not going to just be like that.
1: He also says "g'day" for some reason.
0: G'day,
2: g'day, g'day. I mean, he's from Scotland, so you know. Yeah, that's Australian. Yeah, that's not. I'll say that's not a Scottish thing. And his accent is kind of all over the place in this it, it movie too. And
1: far be <laughs> it for me to criticize Richard Attenborough, but yeah, well, the is
2: just <laughs> Australian. <laughs> when he's um, when he was in the the trailer at the dig site, and when he was talking to the lawyer in the jeep just now, it was much more leaning into Scottish than he is for. Any other time in the movie? <laughs>
0: so, yeah, there, uh, there's we see the iconic dinosaur skeletons in the center of the visitor center hallway, and Kratz um, like, look, I think we're out of a job. And <laughs> Jeff Global was like, uh, don't you mean extinct?
1: Yeah, what? why is Malcolm burning Grant here?
2: He lives for snark, man, because he lives for snark. <laughs> Quick little fact, that line came from the practical effects artists when they saw what the digital effects artists were doing
0: interesting that this is
2: putting us out of a job it's making us it's going to make us extinct and it was like did you hear that you gotta put that in the movie did you hear that 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 got overheard someone making that comment but that's the
1: problem if there were more practical effects like there are in this movie i would buy cgi effects more
2: thank you for acknowledging it yes because there is an insane amount of practical effects in this the the digital ones are so good and so cutting edge especially for the time that uh people wouldn't talk about it but yeah there are so many more practical dinosaur things than digital in this and so well used and there's times where you you intercut between them and that helps sell the whole thing exactly This is how you special effects, movie industry.
0: (laughs) Yes. Why have you not picked up on that? So, you know how we're going to start this dino attraction where we don't emphasize rides? We're going to do that with a motherfucking ride.
2: It's not really that much of a ride either. (laughs) Why are there
0: restraint bars for the seats? So basically, it's the movie that's going to kick us off. It's going to tell us how they made the dinosaurs. And my question for you guys, because at the start of this movie, is Hammond doing a bit with movie Hammond? Is Hammond just going to be there for every tour?
1: I Honestly, my note here was Richard Attenborough is such a good actor that he succeeds in acting like a bad actor flawlessly.
2: Yeah, he absolutely does. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I've got lines. He gets his cue card and he he does it shittily. But to hit Nick's point, which was mine as well, is Is John Hammond expecting himself to be there for the start of every tour? To stand there and help introduce Mr. DNA? Hello, John. Yeah, like multiple John Hammonds spring up because they're talking about cloning. John will not be engaging with the hello, John portion of this recording.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Mr. DNA, this animated DNA strand who's made up of just like little balls, like like Dippin' Dots. (laughs) Hey, it's
2: the ice cream of the future.
1: I've also got to ask, why do all of these scientists know the cutting-edge, up-to-date cloning journals? Because they all seem (laughs) to know exactly what's being talked about, even though their specializations have absolutely nothing to do with cloning. So why do they know all of
2: the loopholes? Because movie! And it's better exposition than what we're about to get, where they explain what sequence gaps are. So thank you for setting up a queue for Mr. DNA to f- answer those questions for you folks. Right, so Mr. Dippendots is going to talk about
0: <laughs> is going to talk about, you know, how they cloned the dinosaurs. So basically back in the day there were mosquitoes and they would feed on all- I believe you mean dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. Yeah, he is he is um the Colonel from KFC. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so uh back in the day there were Mosquitoes who would feed on the blood of dinosaurs and they would get stuck in a- tree sap, and the tree sap would become amber. So, like, the blood of the dinosaurs would be trapped in these mosquitoes. So, you can extract the DNA from these mosquitoes however okay, quick
1: point here the sophisticated techniques that they talk about in this in the sequence is literally drilling a hole and shoving in a syringe <laughs> that is that is the level of sophistication we're talking about those
2: are some sophisticated techniques you are correct <laughs> sir.
0: i say i say, <laughs> I say. <laughs> foghorn leghorn yeah <laughs> See, them city folks have got these tiny drills. (laughs) Yeah, so basically the DNA sequences are full of holes and so they fill the gaps with Frog DNA. Why is frog DNA compatible with dino DNA? I
2: don't care. I just really want to talk about this amazingly so-called virtual reality setup that oh they have Oh my going god, on. we have to talk about the
0: virtual reality machine. It is fucking stupid. There is
2: a computer screen with a really horrible rendition <laughs> of a DNA double helix that is slowly rotating well, someone who, I mean, Minority Report wasn't a thing yet, but he had some gloves that he's kind of twisting it, but he's not wearing a VR headset. He's just wearing one of those, like, plastic face shields, and he's just looking at the computer screen. Thinking machine
0: supercomputers is how he calls it. <laughs> and from there they can make a baby dinosaur
1: okay isn't there a big gap between completing a gene and making a baby dinosaur there is a massive gap
0: <laughs> i don't know how the fuck they do it
2: well it starts off with a snap dance fight between the genes and the khakis you see that's of course, the problem yes, with yes, the gap yes. there <laughs> oh you gotta mind it <laughs>
0: so anyways uh now the ride portion of the intro starts uh aka the room swivels the room <laughs> swivels yeah they get like go down like a conveyor as they like go through the lab and oh
2: see i never took this as they were on a conveyor because it's not like individual seats it's like theater seating and so i just had it that they're in a room And that was basically on, like, a huge turntable, and they just spun to the window.
1: I just enjoyed the line uh, Hammond has, this score is only temporary, which is a phrase that John Williams has never heard in his entire life. (laughs) (laughs) But then we get the line, uh, are these characters auto-erotica? Yeah! What was with that? Of the lawyer who's supposed to say animatronic? (laughs) (laughs)
0: So funny Yeah this is the lawyer As they're going past the lab And he's like Look at the The scientist He's like Yeah are these Are are these auto erotica
2: We learned something About lawyer (laughs) (laughs) there.
0: Hammond looks at him And is like Look we don't ask them What they do in their spare time That's not our business
2: No 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 They rely on each other For pleasure
1: (laughs) I
0: like to think Because
1: Hammond says No there's no Animatronic theater Right afterwards So he knew What he was talking about You think someone Got a thesaurus and just hit the
0: wrong word or maybe that was just improv from the lawyer actor the guy who plays the lawyer he's just like that no, 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 i gotta line for this
2: i have no idea but i love it because it, it kind of contrasts what you were talking about how you know grant and Goldblum and Sattler were they were really keyed in on everything that's going on and then the lawyer just doesn't even know the proper terms <laughs>
0: But it's like first of all,
2: I would if I was a scientist, I would be pissed
0: if fucking rubes were like watching me work like I'm in a goddamn fishbowl. And then also, like, as they're moving, you see the the end of the the lab, and then you're in the control room.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So the control room is also a part of this weird tour. Well, yeah, we're moving on from the scientists who make the dinos work, and now you get to look at the people at the computer that keep the facility running. In
1: all fairness, I always want to see Samuel L. Jackson on every tour I go on now.
2: (laughs) And, yeah, so Grant is way too impatient. He
0: they all shove the things the, the the restraints off and they
2: walk out yeah again one not sure why there's restraints anyway this isn't that sort of ride but two if you're gonna have them why do they not lock into place
1: I assume that three seconds later they were gonna blast out the ceiling and
0: across the entire island <laughs> it could be a Wonka theater I don't know we didn't get that far Grant had to fuck it up <laughs> They go into the lab, and we hear Samuel L. Jackson's voice over the intercom letting everyone know that they need to be, that the boat to the mainland is leaving at 1900 hours. So they meet uh, Dr. Wu, who's, you know, one of the lead geneticists there. One of the eggs starts hatching. Like, there's this egg in an incubator with a robot arm that's- The practical effects here is so good. So fucking good.
2: And yet, Hammond is indignant of like, why didn't you tell me these were going to be hatching today? I got to be here for when they get born. But what's craziest
0: or even still is that Dr. Wu who's played by BD Wong, he says, "Oh, I hoped they'd hatch before I went got to had to go to the boat." So what the fuck would you have done? if they hadn't hatched Get back into cold storage we gotta stop incubating them i don't know let them die or like you just come back and there's like little raptors running around because like it'll hatch it'll be
2: a-, a velociraptor
0: so like you just come back and there's like eight little velociraptors running around the fucking lab just tearing shit up
2: yeah but back when for your shift tomorrow like if everyone's
1: gotta be on this boat and don't worry they're not they're not lethal until late weeks
2: And I mean eight weeks, right? Which means they wouldn't be able to get their own food, so they would die. But here, but yeah. So,
0: but like, it's never adequately explained why everybody except for like three people have to leave the island on a boat. It's an excuse to skeleton crew it for sure.
2: Yeah, there, there was more of a crew there than I remembered. I mean, because like, as far as the computer side is concerned, I mean, you got Samuel Jackson, you got Wayne Knight. I forgot there were more technicians there before the storm started rolling in. That was one of my John Hammond is a dick points. He talks about spare, no expense, and everything's great. If you're hosting a goddamn inspection, why do you have two people on your staff for the day, you know? Like- yeah, you
0: want all hands on deck. You want everything running butter smooth. Yeah, so basically you know, there's a very wondrous raptor
2: birth scene and in the process... With a lovely continuity error. The, the little robot arm thing that is holding onto the egg as it's starting to hatch and then you've got Attenborough there just with the egg.
1: No robot arm, no robot holding it. Did you also notice that, for some reason, Grant, when Hammond is saying, is saying, I want to be there for the birth of everyone on this island, is
2: pointing to himself <laughs> as if to say, I'm your real mommy? Yes! When, when the baby raptor's hatching it and is uh, like, kind of, like, petting it and tickling it, and obviously, like, imprinting, like, with a mother or something, Grant is there, like... Me, me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> like, he is so into this. That's one of those little things I never really saw before. But yes, I absolutely got that this
0: time. <laughs> And so, yeah, Wu, Dr. Wu explains that during the whole t- thing that, you know, there's no unauthorized breeding in Jurassic Park because they're all genetically engineered to be female. And Jeff goldblum is not convinced about this, you know, them thinking that they have control here because uh life uh finds a way
2: yeah and just another great filmmaking bit because they're all they're all there in the warm you know incubator lights and everything and Goldblum, the only one who has a problem that sees issue with this steps out into the shadows huh there are so many amazingly good little touches in this movie it's fucking incredible well the only note i had is a real is a sexist joke which one <laughs> All these
1: animals are female. No wonder they're so pissed off and hungry and spitty.
2: Oh! <laughs> I thought you were going to oh. reference something said in the movie.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, Malcolm gets, gets to talk about looking up girl skirts,
2: so it's okay, right? Well, I'm saying just save it for the Dolphosaurus scene. <laughs> when they actually are angry and yelly and spitty. <laughs> and I'll... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Grant so Grant asks them, like, what what species is that? And he's like, Oh yeah, it's a Velociraptor. You bred raptors. And bro, you're a fucking paleontologist. How the fuck could you not tell that
2: this is a Velociraptor? I do not understand B.D. Wong's acting choices in this moment because when Grant asks him, he's very nonchalant of, oh yeah, a Velociraptor, and then poses the question and Wong looks at him again with almost like a sorry? look on his face as as he just kind of nods like I didn't mean to (laughs) instead of just being like yeah dude Velociraptors we got a whole fucking pen of them you know
0: so cut to Grant watching the park people feed the raptors at the raptor pen this is such a fantastic
1: sequence. If you're gonna do a horror sequence in broad daylight, this is how you do yeah. it. Yeah, what we what we're getting to. I mean, you get you get the iconic. Well, movie. if you can't have Tony Todd, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I still have issues with that. That's my that's my point.
2: I know that's your point. I still want to fight you on Candyman about that. That's why I brought <laughs> it. That's why I made it explicit. God damn it!
1: But you get also those beautiful sound effects
0: they do for the raptors. Oh. Yes.
1: The screeching is just oh, it it tingles your spine. Yeah,
0: so basically they lower a cow into the raptor pen, and we're just like looking out through the bushes that are wrestling, and we're just hearing everything that's going on in there. We don't get to see it because again, monster problem. You don't want to show the monster just yet.
2: Yeah, we see them watching the raptors, and they're clearly not straining to see what's going on. They are watching this. (laughs) Cow, bull, whatever, get ripped the fuck apart. Uh,
1: I, I also avoid the discount guy, Crocodile Dundee, uh, he he gives this this sort of speech about the raptors. You know that they have cheetah speeds, they're intelligent, extraordinary jumpers. My note was: uh, is is this guy basically describing the fantasy? animal that you drew when you were seven years old, you know?
0: fast <laughs> a cheetah. He can jump over skyscrapers. And he thinks I'm awesome. And he shoots lasers. You
2: can't forget the lasers. <laughs> Holy shit. You can't forget it.
0: So yeah, he's describing how they're
2: intelligent. They've been testing the, the fences. I was like, yeah, he exposits something that actually happens at this moment in the books. <laughs> or in the book. Um, as they're there to watch the feeding they there actually were raptors that jumped up at the top of the pen and like electrocuted themselves leaping right at these people and it's like you know they've never hit those spots before right
0: yeah they never hit the same spot twice and there were used to be eight of them but then some alpha female came in and killed all but two others so there's only three raptors in there he exposits part of the book he exposits the movie's
2: budgetary constraints.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Slash, you don't want, you again, the monster problem. You don't want to show the monster too early.
1: So they just, as they raise up, you know, the cow gets lowered. You got all the rustling. And then right after they're done, they raise it up again. And they show this mangled restraint. So they had the cow. <laughs> it's so good visual storytelling wise. And
2: then you offset that with Richard Attenborough trying to get them to not see this. First and foremost, (laughs) Uh, uh, no, guys, guys, lunch is ready, guys. And I have this wonderful chef that's prepared this wonderful, elaborate, exquisite meal. Let's go have lunch, guys. (laughs) Who's Hungry is another great comedy. Oh, yeah. And then after all of this carnage and the tattered harness that he was talking about, he, Attenborough's just there laughing. (laughs) All right. So who's hungry? Oh, (laughs) just a great, amazing, great cap on the scene. But here's the thing,
0: when he describes the food, right, like what the the chef Alejandro has prepared. Oh,
2: yes, chili and sea bass. Yes, it sounds like chili and sea bass, right? It does kind of sound like chili and sea bass, the way he says it, but it should be chilean and so as a kid
0: because i didn't know what the fuck chilean sea bass was as a kid <laughs> so i'm like wait they're gonna have chili and sea bass and then we get to the, the the table and i'm like well where's the chili
2: oh my god that's such a black dynamite moment there was a restaurant in that movie that is chili and donuts <laughs> i would fucking eat chili and donuts that sounds delicious
0: so now they're having lunch in a boardroom that's, like, projecting future attractions on the wall.
2: Yeah, and this is where Lawyer has his profit boner.
0: Oh, he has his profit boner. Yeah, because, you know, Hammond's explaining, like, look, you know, the, the tour you guys are about to take, that's going to be, like, what it opens with, and, like, in a couple months down the line, all this other stuff's going to be around. And not one of them talks about park safety. Nope. It's all about the ethics of bringing <laughs> <Yes>. back dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, almost as if they hired the wrong people for this fucking inspection. (laughs) Amazing,
2: isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, weird how nobody who's qualified asks any of the right questions.
2: Yeah, they're, they're talking about ethical dilemmas and potential environmental impact. Oh, not to mention socioeconomic as well. Uh, and
1: it's all about genetic power is definitely the most awesome force that humanity has come up with. And it's just not. I'm
0: sorry. Hi, I'd like to introduce you to thermonuclear weapons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nuclear power, about a trillion other things, are far more powerful.
2: Uh, well... I see your thermonuclear weapons and raise you this 1950s-era refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) I think really
1: Dolly the Sheep is really the most terrifying and awesome power that humanity
2: has. She can bite you. Honestly, I got sad with them talking about the cloning and stuff, because I was like, oh yeah, 30 years ago. We are literally cloning animals and making movies about what could or could not go wrong with that. And now... We are once again debating the shape of the planet.
0: <laughs> we come full circle. <laughs> uh, wh- how that circle looks depends on your point of view.
1: But, but the way Malcolm talks about, you know, this all being like the rape of the natural world, and it, it just sounds like he's an anti-vaxxer at this point. <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really horrible. I don't think it's aged that well. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm not sure where he gets the... They didn't earn the knowledge that they use, as if they just, like, stole this technology from somewhere else? Basically like there was just a pair I guess it was like there was just so much
0: research Around genetics and they took all this research That it was already done for them Tweaked it a bit and made dinosaurs
2: No, I get that maybe Hammond Like just latched onto this idea And he's just in it for the money I get that but not the operation as a whole, which I think Hammond's trying to stick up for of what our scientists have done. Yeah, they have definitely earned their place. So, and, and we get it, again, another one of the most memed
0: moments of the movie. Jeff Goldblum, you know, he's like, you know, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think about whether they should. And the lawyer's like, yeah, like, this, we're going to make so much money, you know. We could charge two thousand a day, ten thousand a day, people pay it. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want this just to be for the super rich. And the Lord's like, yeah, we'll have a coupon day or something, whatever. <laughs> and so Ellie points out rightly that, like, hey, you know, um, you don't you couldn't possibly know anything about an extinct ecosystem. How could you possibly control it? Grant pretty much agrees with her. He's like, dinosaurs died out millions of years ago. There's been millions of years of evolution. You just throw in these two species, you know, together how could you possibly think you could control it? And Hammond's response to this is, man, the only one I have on my side is the blood-sucking lawyer. (laughs) Again, another great
2: note. Yeah, I get the sense that now lawyer just doesn't give a fuck what these other three are even going to say. You know, even the people who were there as his yes-man are turning against him, and lawyer's just like, money... I mean you had to be happy when he died I guess so you had to make him an asshole but
1: we sort of get to the to the point in this movie where we find out that Hammond's really got everyone here for a sample viewing that's that's what he's he's doing he's got the kid sample he's got the scientist expert sample he's
2: got the blood sucking lawyer sample no I think the kid thing was a calculated move to get his, to get the responses to be more favorable.
1: Kid-like sense of wonder might rub off,
0: that kind of thing.
2: Entirely possible. So yeah, we meet Tim and Lex who... Hence his emergency visit to go see his daughter who's going through a divorce. Well, times are tough. You know what? I'll take care of the grandkids for a few days for you. Yeah,
0: I'll take them to the park with the dinosaurs. Uh, And yes. Tim him
2: out to my island that in one breath I say I own and in the very next sentence say that I'm leasing it from the government he's a piece of shit i am not gonna stop on that point (laughs) my note is just two more people
1: who aren't safety inspectors have joined the party
2: (laughs) yeah once again this
0: is supposed to be a safety inspection and you brought fucking children in your grandchildren (laughs) yeah so tim and lex will they tackle him on the stairs and almost break hammond's back Tim played by Joseph Mazzello, who plays uh, Eugene Sledge in the Pacific, and he also plays one of the the band members in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, really? Uh, So now, outside, we're going to meet the tour cars uh, that run on electrified tracks, except they don't, because there's nothing connecting the cars to the tracks, so that's (laughs) bullshit.
2: Well, they, they don't. Okay, so the way it's described is the electric rail is so that there's no driver. It's not necessarily how the car gets powered. And these uh, what, SUVs whatever they are, they've clearly modified them so it's it, it sort of looks like there's some sort of like double camera setup on the front bumper pointing down so that they would be able to track it that way. Very nice on the production design, but part of the what the fuck nature of this park inspection He doesn't even send a regular employee to go along with the tour group. He just puts them in the cars and off you go. Well, that's (laughs) just apparently how the tour is going to be run. So they're going to run the tour how they're going to run the tour. But you are there for an an inspection. And as we said, you need everything to run smoothly. So, you know, maybe have someone there to help curate the experience a little bit. Yeah, these are Ford explorers. I, I think
0: in the book they were Toyotas. So clearly different product placement in different media and tim joseph Mazzello is a super fan of fucking dinosaurs and died and archaeologists by the way he has a deep and abiding knowledge of individual archaeologists this kid is
2: yeah this went above and beyond you know kids especially boys just fucking love dinosaurs he's read I mean, Tim has not only read Grant's book, he's read other books by legitimate real-world paleontologists, like Backer, who he references as one of them, who was also like a consultant for Jurassic Park in and of
0: itself. A guy named Backer, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: Some guy, you know. Just one of the leading experts in the field in real life. I mean, my my note for this
1: sequence is that Grant reacts the way I imagine Nick would if he was on the finishing up his day at the trolley, and one of the kids just pursued him.
0: Oh, yeah, I would trick him into... Yeah, you've already got your avocados. <laughs> I got my avocados. I, I don't fucking need you for anything, kid. Yeah, I would just trick him into, I don't know, going into another store. Getting into another damn car. <laughs> yeah, just some, not even their parents' car, just whatever car happened to be driving past. Just. <laughs> yeah, so basically he tricks Tim into getting into the front car, and then as soon as he turns around, Lex is there. She references, you know, points at Ellie. She's like, yeah, so she said I should ride with you because it would be good for you. That is such a weird line. And my note here is no child, no kid would willingly ride with a strange adult because another strange adult told them it would be good for that strange adult. As a kid, you don't want to be around strange. Strange adults say boring, stupid shit when you're a kid. They're going to talk about dumb grown up stuff. You don't want to be fucking around them. You want to be with like any other kid around your age so you can talk about cool kid stuff.
2: Yeah, but also some lady you just met said, "Hey, go ride with that guy cuz it'll be good for him." Literally just met. I mean, Tim's got a bit of hero worship going on, but uh, Lex, I don't I don't get it. They're both blonde, so so they're united against the brunettes? <laughs> they, they're forming
0: blonde Voltron? I don't know, man. So in the control room, now this is where we learn that a tropical storm is coming. Muldoon's going to keep an eye on that. Uh, and we also meet bald spot Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, he's, he's not a magical black person in this movie, right? No, he is not. He has a purpose. That is outside of serving the white people. It's, it's you know, including his own survival. Which is? Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So not a magical black man. Uh, Yeah, so we get his his tagline of the movie. Hold on to your butts as he starts the tour program. They go through the, the iconic Jurassic Park gates with flames... I don't know, man. There's there's fire coming out of this fucking gate.
2: Not quite braziers.
0: Not quite tiki torches. Oh no, they're definitely not tiki. <laughs> Extra large tiki torches <laughs> on the gates. Yeah, whatever. Fire coming out of the gates, and you know the the computer system says, "Welcome to Jurassic Park." <laughs> and as they drive through, once you know, again, Goldblum, Goldblum, <laughs> Goldbloom's Goldblum's like, "What do they got in there, King Cog?" And again. I don't think they gave him fucking lines for that. They're just like, Jeff, you do something Jeff-like. That
2: does feel like something he just came up with, yeah. So
0: they pass the Dilophosaurus pen, and the, the computer is telling them about how it spits venom at its prey and makes it a deadly addition to Jurassic Park, and they don't see anything. Fun
2: little note, as this tour goes on, and you know they're getting read about dinosaurs that they can't see, Hammond gets on the microphone to talk to him. To try and impress them that they're actually listening to Richard Kylie, who was a real actor. He's won some Tonys, and he did a lot of like voiceover for documentaries. Additional fact in Michael Crichton's book, he is the voice of the narrator for the tour. That's fucking incredible. And so he's playing himself, but also like the character of himself from the book. Amazing.
0: <laughs> so back at the controller, we learn that the headlights are on when they're not supposed to be. And Hammond calls out Nedry, uh, Wayne Knight, for the mistake, who rightly flings it back to him. Like, hey, man, you know, if you know someone who can set up at a park that can run autonomously from this room for three days with minimal staff, I'd like to see him try you know? Muldoon tells him to shut the fuck up because they're now at the T-Rex paddock. And as they pulled into the T-Rex paddock, uh, well, in front of it, not in it, the lights of the cars are not on. Also, pay attention to the lack of a cliff edge.
2: Yeah, this is major plot hole concerning T-Rex. Numero uno. This is the big one.
0: Yeah, there are no sheer cliff faces, no depressions in the landscape, nothing. This will be important later. Very. But yeah, the the headlamps are not on on the cars, which is what they were complaining about in the control room. So a little continuity error there. Okay, here's the thing. So so the the a goat gets raised out of the ground to feed the T-Rex. They're
2: trying to lure it out. I will also say that the uh platform the goat is on is relatively narrow, so when it comes to, you know, T-Rex plunging its jaws in, it would be similar to say the roof of a car? Just spitballing on that one. Interesting, interesting. I'm not sure where I get these ideas from. But yeah, the whole
1: the the speech about the t-rex doesn't want to be fed it wants to hunt Uh, yeah i loved i love that line This is a great line the only thing is that you know there is
2: a lot of evidence that the t-rex was a scavenger you would think a paleontologist would know that sort of thing yeah (laughs) and and grant keeps talking about these animals as if he's seen them in action before it's true yes
0: very true (laughs) And also, we learn that Lex is vegetarian. She's shocked that they're going to feed a goat to a giant carnivore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Clearly, she's never had a dog before.
2: Or any, you know, a cat or... Well, this is the 90s, and she's the vegetarian, so clearly Lex is the villain of this piece.
0: So in the book, I think, like, so she's also a computer hacker, as we learned. she like, super into computers, and that will be important to the plot. But in the book, it's flipped. Like, Tim is the, he's the computer hacker, and Lexi's younger and kind of useless. She's just kind of like a little girl. So during this, Jeff Goldblum, again, I I think he came up with this himself. Uh, He's just looking out at the goat, and he goes, God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs. (laughs) And then Ellie chimes and says, dinosaurs eat man, woman
2: inherits the earth. (laughs) To which I would like to tweet of what kind of goddamn woke ass SJW bullshit is this movie trying to promote.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why we have trans people.
2: No, no, this absolutely is why. Oh, we'll get into it because life finds a way. Yeah,
0: life finds a way. <laughs> okay,
2: I can't keep that
0: up any longer. <laughs> and life
1: really doesn't find a way. What is it? Less than one percent of all life that's ever existed has survived. Yeah, seriously. it really does Life dies a lot.
2: <laughs> it's it's really just more of astonishing that life has continued as long as it has. To be honest, it's <laughs> really.
0: <laughs> but are we talking about like oh god woke us you know here's the thing we give a lot of shit to 90s movies about like trying to do girl power and failing fucking miserably this movie actually pulls it off it does it in a way that is like it doesn't insist upon itself um so t-rex is a no-show um despite the tasty goat that they lifted up for him i mean you could have at least slathered some curry on it or something exactly a little barbecue sauce you know come on man Nobody wants to eat the same goat
2: day after day. You gotta get. <laughs> it's it boring after all. That's the problem you have with cloning technology. It's literally the same goat every fucking day.
1: <laughs> if you ever see a dog whenever you put the dog bowl down, that
2: shit is getting eaten. Yes, but dogs also literally eat shit. So your point's not as valid as you think it is. Dogs are predators. They. <laughs> They hunt, they scavenge. But they're also opportunistic and will go for fucking anything.
0: (laughs) Well, as I was trying to say, in my headcanon, T-Rex is a fussy eater. And he wants... (laughs) He only wants the good shit. So the tour continues, and Jeff Goldblum is uh, erotically explaining chaos theory to Ellie. And gets very touchy-feely. Hence the
2: erotic part of how he's explaining it. Oh, even from the start, like before he's even really explaining chaos theory, he's fondling her hair? He is fondling her fucking hair! Jesus Christ! But she's also weirdly oblivious to this, and is only in on the lecture because she's like, "Alan, check out this shit he's telling me about." Chaos, Siri. What? And then when something else grabs her attention, she just, she just pieces
0: out with Alan. Yeah, because Alan sees just a gas jeep in a clearing. Apparently not every single animal is in a paddock like a, so that you get some free range <laughs> dinosaurs apparently <laughs> triceratops among them
2: yeah but alan grant has half levels of spidey sense when it comes to when it comes to dinos
0: so yeah they just he gets out and then ellie gets out and this
2: is where you know again i i don't think jeff goldblum was given lines here this moment had to have been absolutely improv they just hadn't called cut yet, and he's a goddamn professional, so he just kept rambling.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, and now I'm uh, sitting here by myself, uh, talking to myself. Now that, that's chaos.
1: That's chaos. Yeah. (laughs) See, there's so many great
2: comedy moments (laughs) (laughs) tim literally pulls one of our favorite things in movies because when alan shut him in the front car at the very beginning of the tour because he was talking about that book by some guy named backer when they get out to go look at the triceratops when the doors were locked he is like yeah so what i was saying i read this book by this guy named backer and his was like way thicker than he picks up the conversation literally from when they last (laughs) spoke
1: so timmy lex and the lawyer were in complete silence for that
2: entire Uh, no not necessarily but when he met up with grant he picks the conversation right back up the the difference between this and like any other time we call this out is those characters have been together the entire time and supposedly in silence
0: (laughs) yeah well so they have to stop the the tour program because everybody gets out of the fucking cars. Muldoon's like, yeah, I told you we should put locking mechanisms on the doors because no shit.
2: Okay, yeah, again, Mr. Spare, no expense.
1: No, bullshit. There is a Tyrannosaurus paddock that they roll by and they didn't think locking mechanisms on the (laughs) See, he's the only one who's actually safety inspecting
2: this shit. <laughs> yeah, but that's a that's a heavily electrified fence, you see.
0: Yeah, and you know, they also got to be able to get out of the, di- you know, at the dinosaur, the T-Rex paddock and go to the bathroom. That's there. <laughs> that
2: is where the toilet oh. is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And so while this is going on, this are of the program, Dennis Nedry is uh, very noticeably on his computer looking at the security camera by the embryo cryo storage. And we also get a get a shot of the, the Barbasol again. He brought some shaving cream to the office. Nobody apparently asked him about it. So they find a tranquilized Triceratops that's just breathing heavily, and it's another moment of wonder in the film because, you know, this was Grant's favorite as a kid. Like, I get it, man. I
2: mean, I kind of get it, but also the absurd lack of compassion. We've got a tranquilized, sick animal on the ground, and he's just, like, laying on it to have a bit of a fun ride while it breathes? Yeah, the listen to it breathe... Oh,
1: it's, it's a sweet moment. It,
2: it's They somehow make it incredibly sweet. What I don't understand is, how is Ellie also a veterinarian? That is a great question, because she now... She's a botanist! Why does the park employee
1: seem to know Do- Dr. Sadler immediately? And <laughs> sort of hand her a flashlight and just say... What's your
2: opinion, doctor? Because this paleobotanist who hangs out at dinosaur digs in Montana is also a <laughs> well-known veterinarian, clearly top of her field, that is recognizable on site? <laughs> a dinosaur
0: veterinarian on top of that. Makes perfect sense. <laughs>
1: basically portray any scientist as an expert in all science <laughs> that is the lie that movies have told us is that if a sci- if there's a scientist with with one speciality they automatically know absolutely every science in the entire world
2: I feel like you're trying to insult Dumbledore to my face again <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because like they're, they're trying to show
0: that she's really smart and again this is part of the whole like strong independent woman but th- this is where like this is the moment that cowork kind of falls apart because yeah she apparently knows knows more about fucking like dinosaur pathology than this guy who literally works at the park and that's his job.
2: Yeah. I mean the the only side thing I could think of was because she's a botanist and this is an herbivore and she poses a few questions and he's like, yeah, no, we already accounted for that. But she wants to check anyway because, you know... Because we gotta have that line that is one big pile of shit. But also, like, yeah, apparently she notices that the
0: eyes were dilated and this dinosaur expert just hadn't fucking noticed the eyes were dilated on this triceratops. That's, uh... I think he's
2: just indulging her, you know? Uh, Hammond must have put the call out to just kind of make these people feel good and that they know what the fuck's (laughs) going on because the guy clearly mentioned the special tranquilizers that they used so he'd be aware of you know whatever side effects would be happening and the fact that this is a recurring condition that happens every six weeks like He's just like, yeah, this is a thing that's been going on. We haven't figured out why, but get back in the cars.
0: like, what are you doing out
2: here? (laughs)
0: Yeah, so basically, yeah, we got the, you know, she wants to investigate the poop and we get that line. And again, this is one of those memes to hell moments. Jeff Goldblum just takes a look at the giant pile of shit. and He goes, that is one big pile of shit. Yeah, my note for this is the summary of the rest of
1: the jurassic park franchise somehow made it into the <laughs> script of the first movie
2: yeah and as if to make that point there are actually several different sized giant piles of shit <laughs> <laughs> some are greater piles of shit than
1: others is what i'm saying and they must have been scooping this for weeks because it's bigger than the triceratops
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> so do they just like travel around this open range area collecting the shit and piling it up and this one area <laughs> in the poop giant pooper scooper <laughs> snow shovels maybe you know
0: <laughs> so anyways they get back in the cars Ellie's gonna stay with the the scientist dude and he'll drive her back to the visitor center and the storm...
1: Oh, they have to get back in because there's a storm coming
0: so yeah back in the control room Uh is running out of time because the, the boat might be leaving soon he's talking to you know
2: Dodgson's guy on the boat and he's like yeah you know captain says we got to go we got to go quick shout out to the guy he's talking to on here this is the cinematographer of the movie movie really oh, is that was all right yeah and he is the cinematographer of all time just look at this fucking movie or hook or the entire back to the future franchise or john carpenter's the thing or who framed roger rabbit or apollo 13 or a couple episodes of the book of boba fett yes he's still working this is the guy man this is like the spielberg or whatever of cinematographers sorry hang on i'm just getting my job off the floor
0: (laughs) (laughs) wipe up the saliva wow he's the
2: guy on the boat apparently okay cool yeah and he's yeah and this is like one of his three or four acting credits where he's just listed as mate
0: (laughs) (laughs) also my question here is why does samuel l jackson wear a lab coat
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I still had a bit of drink in my mouth. I literally spit.
0: <laughs> that was a literal spit take. We got, we got we got ladies and gentlemen. We got him. Why is he wearing? He's wearing a Jurassic Park lab coat, but he still smokes cigarettes. So yeah. 90s. Hey, when he says "hold on to your butts," let's see what other butts is he supposed to hold on to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I mean, as we'll see, like, you know, throughout the movie, he smokes it right down to the filter, man. He,
2: he... if spoiler didn't happen in this movie, he probably had another three months to live anyway.
0: <laughs> so now, Nedgery very suspiciously asks everyone <laughs> if he could, like, get them for the comp- something from the vending machines, go to the vending machine. I mean, he doesn't want something sweetie, you know, that maybe he's going to get something salty. And
2: the dude who is obviously just in this for himself and hates everyone else and doesn't give a fuck what they think is suddenly just hey so you guys want a snack or something? I'm gonna go get something. Totally not suspicious at all.
0: Yeah and he's like, oh by the way, uh you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh compiling so the some of the minor systems might go off for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but you know nothing to worry about.
1: So you guys, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be editing, you know, for like the next two weeks straight and you know, some of the uh some of it will be ripped off from previous episodes. It may sound similar, but it's really different, you know. Something technical.
2: <laughs> All right, Jules, no problem. Uh pick me up some burritos while you're at it. Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, and now it is on like Donkey Kong. He 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 grabs, he goes to the the cryo chamber because and he's timed it out because, you know, the cameras are turning off at specific moments, things are unlocking at specific moments. Like he has timed this shit. He goes to the cryo chambers and, you know, he's putting all oh, the little blitz-shaped vials of dino
2: embryos. But again, goddamn John Williams! Like it's almost generic spy music. But then when he opens these chambers, there's just that little extra music cue. It's, it's just so like so good, mm-hmm. isn't it? Oh
0: man! All done with music with with flutes and it. pristine music yeah so he's stealing the embryos and uh in they're back in the car and it's just alan grant and jeff goldblum in the same car together the kids and the lawyer up front and so jeff gold was like yeah so uh Dr. Sattler, is she, uh, she's seeing anybody? And Galen Grant's like, yeah, motherfucker. She's seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> and then the car stops. Everything turns off. And <laughs> I love this. Grant's immediate reaction is like, what did I touch?
2: Yeah. Wonder, wonderful callback to the beginning of the movie. Very nice. And, uh, Jeff Gold's like, oh, yeah, didn't touch anything. We stopped.
0: Back in the control room <laughs> seeing that the fences are going off all over the park. Nedry is now in a Jeep and one of the Jurassic Park yellow raincoats, and he's going into the park. He's overriding the main gate.
2: Apparently that's the shortcut to the... Eastern side of the island to get to the dock. Yeah, that's. I, I was okay. Really, were like wondering why we don't really know the layout and like where the visitor center is located on the island or anything like that. And apparently, this guy who is at a workplace where you regularly have to get on ships is not familiar with the roads. <laughs> Because when he knocks over a sign, he's not sure which way it was supposed to be pointing. Well, it's, it's raining. Yeah, well, again, this is probably not the traditional route. He's taking a shortcut through the park. Except that the sign is pointing to the place he's trying to get to. So if this is the shortcut, why is it also not the common
0: route? But anyways, he at least didn't turn the raptor fences off because he's not that fucking crazy.
2: Well, yeah, he he turned off the ones that he needed to. He didn't want to, you know, of course, have a a log of the main gates opening, so he had to shut down the fences, that sort of thing. But raptor pen—that's its own separate area. You know, it's not connected to anything else. I do want to point out
1: as well that uh, Dennis's workstation is very similar to mine, and I resent what Samuel L. Jackson. Says. <laughs> yeah, he says he's a complete slob (laughs) because he goes over and he starts you know.
0: I've never noticed this before until this most recent viewing. The baby boomer photo? He's got a picture of Robert Oppenheimer.
2: And it says the start of the baby boom.
0: <laughs> yeah, it says the start of the baby boom, and then there's like a sketch of an atom bomb explosion. Just, what?
1: Science going too far is the theme of this movie. World War II was an
2: inside jab. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically uh, Samuel Jackson tries to give commands into Nedry's computer, and he doesn't say please, and so a little animation of Dennis Nedry pops up going, ah uh ah, ah, you didn't say the magic word. ah ah ah.
1: Yeah, I, I resent this a lot because my brother tortured me with this line for about four months.
0: How did he torture you?
1: Anytime I asked him anything, he would just do that on repeat over and over again.
2: I'm just blissfully imagining a very young Jules eventually just pulling a Samuel Jackson. Please!
0: <laughs> God damn, I hate this hack of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and the phones are out too, just to, you know, add a little... Cherry on the top of this shit Sunday. And where did the cars stop? So, well, dear listener, you're going to have to wait until after the break to find out where the cars are. So, we'll be right back with more Jurassic Park. Okay, Velociraptors, I know we're all upset by the loss of Melissa. She moved the box away from the door, but someone, not going to mention names, failed to tell us about the gap.
1: Uh, Seriously, Carmen, what were
0: you doing? (laughs) Meat. Meat? No, Carmen, we just ate. The next cow isn't coming for five more hours. Honestly, Penelope, why do we even include her? Okay, come on, ladies. We need to think this through and all work together, especially because we're one woman down.
1: Meet uh, Wait, wait. Oh,
0: you have an idea, Louisa.
1: Meet. Okay, shut up. Meet? Shut up. Shut up. Okay, we haven't bitten all the pain cables yet. Let's throw Carmen at the rest. At least one should be defective.
0: Meet! Wait, Carmen, you're a genius. When the cow comes, we jump on it and jump out while the roof is still open. Oh my god, Carmen, you're amazing.
1: Can't wait to kill some of those weird two-leggers. They smell like they have tasty meat. Fuck? Yes, Carmen. You stay here and fuck the cow.
3: Mm,
2: Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Jules yelling shut up at me is my new favorite thing. (laughs)
0: and we're back we find out that the cars have stopped right in front of the T-Rex pen and here we go
1: one of the most iconic sequences in movie history and it is so precisely gorgeous in every way i it's it's it, for me i find it so hard even though it's got one of the most notorious uh, continuity errors <laughs> that we mentioned earlier this is so beautifully built the scene the special
0: effects the characters everything about it is just uh. and do you know where they filmed this this specific sequence was filmed on soundstage 16 at warner brothers because it is still the largest soundstage i think in los angeles and do you know what else Was filmed at Soundstage 16. I was
2: about to say I know a lot of stuff about the filming of this scene, but okay, uh, what else?
0: Uh, The Ghostbusters final sequence with Gozer was filmed in here. This is why I brought that up. Uh, A lot of Shameless was filmed in here. Actually, a lot of the 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 insides of the houses they just built them inside the soundstage. But also the boat in fuck the the George Clooney Mark Wahlberg Perfect Storm.
2: They put the shit. They filmed the ship in this soundstage i was really hoping you couldn't find the word for titanic <laughs> <laughs> what's that boat you know it's
1: dank i do know the famous the famous story about the animatronic tyrannosauruses that um they couldn't get wet so they had to have umbrellas over them Every every scene with a Tyrannosaurus, they had to put umbrellas over it because...
2: <laughs> These things got wet, and it would absorb the moisture, so then they became too heavy and wouldn't operate properly. Huh. Another thing that happened is that the material they were made out of, as they absorbed the water, they would deform, you know, and, like, swell and change their shape. And so the digital model for the T-Rex had to be reconstructed because the physical one that they had worked off of to build it was now like a lot thicker. <laughs> uh. And they had to go back and remake it because <laughs> it wasn't as simple enough as to just like, you know, inflate the frame skeleton or something like that at the time. They were creating the technology that they were using, so they had to rebuild the fucking t Wow, that's crazy. Well, building up to the T-Rex showing up in this infamous
0: scene, uh, Timmy finds some night vision goggles under the seat? Why are there night vision goggles in these tour cars? For a suspenseful
2: POV show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. For for a reason of why are they there for on the tour? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I, I will go fuck myself.
0: And then we get the iconic water glass tremors. I don't know why there's water cups on the dashboard. But that
2: kind of doesn't matter, does it? Complimentary bottled water wasn't that much of a thing. And you had precedent because of the chaos theory demonstration. We've already established that there's water cups. That's true. Okay, very so true. So
1: well made. The way they did that beautiful effect is probably common knowledge at this point, but they had speakers underneath these glasses to make that perfect ripple. Yeah.
2: yeah. They had speakers underneath and they were hitting, I believe it was a bass guitar to make the the particular frequency for the water to do that, yeah.
1: So it starts with those beautiful tremors, so
0: beautiful, yeah. the It's both, it's the and well in the movie universe, it's the force of the T Rex walking, just reverberating through the ground. And I want a pin in that. We we putting a, putting a pin, putting a millennial rewind branded pin right in there. And then we cu- we have Timmy looking out with night
2: vision goggles at where the goat was, and the goat is gone. And everyone else can see that clearly <laughs> through the <laughs> tropical storm downpour in the middle of the night. Okay. And so, yeah, Lex is like, where's the goat? Thud! Just a
0: goat leg on the the upper window, like the ceiling window. She scares the shit out of all of them. And the audience. <laughs> and you just see the T-Rex fingers. Oh,
2: I gotta so- say, like... As effective as that was now, those really didn't look that good. But, like, just a moment afterwards, you don't even cut away. A moment afterwards, you see the T-Rex head through the trees, and that is still so fucking powerful. It
1: really is. And then just the swallowing action. The sound effects just...
0: (laughs) You cut away from it, and just the wires of the paddock just flying away as they... Doesn't the lawyer run for it first? The lawyer does
1: run for it first. Like, he matters. Well, we get another beautiful comic moment. When you gotta go, you gotta
0: go. And Lexus starts figuring, like, he left us. He left us. You hear the swaying, just the, the creaking of like, the metal poles that were holding up the wire. It just, it's
2: so fucking good. I really appreciated how long this took. Oh, yeah. You've seen the monster. You're so used to, okay, we've seen it, and now it's gonna come out and roaring and tearing shit up, and it just slow burns you and even when the t-rex walks out it's just looking around it's nudging stuff it's inspecting you know it's yeah it's following the flashlight it's you know this and that and god it probably had to have been at least a good minute minute and a half and then you get that goddamn roar
1: one of the most iconic moments in movie history it really
2: is it sold so many sound systems in 1994 so many home theater <laughs> systems
1: and then of course we get the malcolm line god i hate being time.
0: <laughs> amazing so good oh god they do not make movies like this anyways terms of panic responses i get the lawyer i get him being like nope right into the bathroom i get it this panic response i do not get she literally somehow knows that there's an emergency kit in the trunk right goes into the emergency kit opens it up takes out this hulking ass flashlight and just starts shining it through the window and attracting the
2: t-rex over I I kind of get the latter part. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that she would just know there was the emergency kit there and dive right for it. But had she known about the big-ass flashlight, well, now there's something scary out in the dark, so I would get the irrationality of let's shine a light and try and figure out where the fuck it is. <laughs> okay, I accept. Or potentially
1: trying to signal the other car. That we need help.
2: Yeah, you know, something. But uh we get back to how does Grant understand the dinosaurs' behavior as if he's seen them in action? Like this whole eyesight is based on movement bullshit? Well, he mentions it in his early his rant at the beginning. I know, but still, how how is it that a predatory animal would not be able to recognize things unless they were moving? That doesn't even follow.
3: <laughs> Mister...
1: Yeah, yeah. It's is basically the whole setup is that, you know, the T-Rex is looking at the their car. Grant says, Don't move. The flashing light creates a lot of movement, so the tyrannosaur lumbers over to the
0: when the door is still open. Such good suspense. Oh my god. Just like it's like and So
1: Timmy does what he can and he slams the door and the Tyrannosaur's
2: head just sort of jerks down. Oh (laughs) my god. How much did they have to rehearse that for when he pulls that shut to drop that fucking rig for that T-Rex head? I just, like, speaking of, like, detail and the
0: amazingness of this scene, when the T-Rex head comes down and, like, into the flashlight light and you see the pupil. The pupil dilate. Well, not dilate, constrict. Constrict,
1: yeah, sorry, constrict and then,
2: Just fuck fucking great that is surprisingly simple that's all right uh so the best way i could describe it is if you imagine the the pupil like you have a black ball to make that and so drop that into a yellow like stretchy sock or say like a nylon stocking that you've cut a very small hole in the end so that's it when it's constricted So then if you put your hand like at the back of the ball and kind of pull on the stocking, it's going to stretch back against it. So that's your dilated eye. So you have that tension on it. And then when you drop it down the light beam, you release that tension and the hole becomes small again. Uh. I mean, you know, they use silicone and all these, you know, much more (laughs) expensive materials. But that's the concept of how that was pulled
0: off. Just a great detail, honestly. Now, it, as it's kind of like, sh- it starts to shove against the the car and there's screaming and there's yelling and then we get the infamous head crashing through the top window panel on top of Lexi and... Well, it was, yeah, Tim is basically finally getting the point just
1: turn the light off and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, they struggle with it. Yeah,
2: they, they turn on and just simultaneously look straight up smash it comes down i was just old enough to enjoy the fuck out of how scary this was like i didn't wind up having bad dreams or anything from it i just loved it
0: i had terrifying dreams <laughs> <laughs> how were they not crushed though like somehow they go from sitting to like having their legs and hands up uh, pushing against this glass
2: the t-rex's jaw is barely able to move just because of the constraints of the car and so that would allow me to believe that it couldn't press down as much as it would want to just because its snout would not fit that's the best i got
0: yeah fair enough so finally it starts to like it flips the car and attacks one of the
1: wheels? It basically decides to tear it to shreds at this point to get its meal. Rips
2: a couple other parts out of the underside of the car, too. (laughs) Not just that tasty, tasty tire jerky.
1: This Tyrannosaur scene is brought to you by Pirelli. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, basically, yeah, the kids are screaming. They're getting crushed into the mud. The
2: terror of this just keeps building because, yeah, okay, you got the monster coming in through the roof, but now it flips you over. Okay, so now you're kind of safe. oh, no. You might just drown in mud as this car gets pressed down upon you. Like, there's just no good way that this ends. No. But finally,
0: Grant decides to do something. Goes to the back into the emergency. They got the same emergency kit in this one. Instead of playing out a flashlight, pulls out a road flare. And Malcolm cleans the front of the now, <laughs> by now, very sweaty. Something just so <laughs> goddamn funny about that. <laughs> <Why no? laughs> yeah, so, Grant goes out with his flare, gets. <laughs> the T Rex's attention, like, hey, 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 and the T Rex just kind of like follows as Grant is moving the flare from side to side, and yeah, it once... like
2: he's standing there with a tennis ball, yeah. First he roars as so
1: he's definitely got the Tyrannosaurus attention, and then you just see Grant swallowing a massive lump in his throat <laughs> and then <laughs> basically <laughs> waves it left, right you know to get yeah as you say like a dog with a tennis ball
2: but very uh conscious of his movement or i should say lack thereof like it's very much focus on this flare and then does a fling and kind of like holds pose And then Jeff Goldblum has to go and fuck it up by lighting his own flare. (laughs) This T-Rex was about to run back into the paddock. Yeah, it had already started on that path by the time Goldblum jumped out of the car. I mean, he lit the flare before he got out of the car, so, I mean... He kind of had to do something with
0: yeah, it. Yeah, so he gets out and he's like, hey, 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 follow me. You, Grant, get the kids. Like, I'm going to be
2: the hero. And Grant's like, I was just about to fucking do that, man. I had the situation under control. and freeze! Thank you so much for bringing your own little bit of chaos into the situation.
1: <laughs> Instead of freezing, as Grant tells him to, he starts running with his flair. Then... The Tyrannosaur chases, he yells, get rid of the flare. He throws the flare, but he keeps running. So the tyrannosaur goes after him. Yep. And
0: chases him to the bathroom. Crashes <laughs> through. I, I don't know what the hell happens with Malcolm, but he
2: like gets flung to the ground.
0: Yeah, the
2: ter- the T-Rex now thinks it's a bull and just kind of like flips it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But manages to break open the, you know, the wicker. <laughs> no, yes the wicker bathroom <laughs> leaving
1: nothing but
2: lawyer on the toilet and quick question have we seen enough of the lawyer to realize that he's been wearing shorts this entire time <laughs> no we have not it, it, this is the shorts reveal in this moment because every time when i was younger watching this i thought like oh wow he actually had to go to the bathroom and there were like boxers and on but no they're just shorts but he was wearing the rest of a suit what the <laughs>
1: fuck, lawyer yeah, that was exactly what i thought as a kid i thought he actually needed to go to the bathroom initially
2: no i, I think he ran out of fear but once he got in there you know it's
0: just... <laughs> just like i had to go and so the lawyer basically gets killed because of Ian Malcolm's hubris well that plus he's he's straightening his hair. oh yeah well yeah well he's trying to wipe the, i guess the rain out of his eyes it's as... like
2: well yeah you're gonna be trying to be like oh what the fuck? and trying to fix your face whenever the room you're in just exploded around you in the middle of a tropical storm. (laughs) Yep, so he gets chomped off the toilet.
1: (laughs) I don't know why that line makes me... That's the best line. He
0: gets chomped off the toilet.
2: You never want to get chomped off at a toilet.
0: (laughs) Worst glory hole ever. (laughs) People are, you're supposed to think of him as like this coward who ran away and didn't take care of the kids. But come on, fuck them kids. What, I'm supposed to just like sacrifice my life for some other people's fucking kids? Fuck out of here.
1: He's obligated not to leave the door open and basically say, kids first,
0: I'm going to the the okay, fine. He should have closed the door. That was a dick move. I will <laughs> agree with you on that
2: one. Yeah, seriously, the rainwater getting on that,
0: you know, upholstery and stuff in the car, that's... They probably spared no expense on that upholstery. That is probably like veal leather or something, you know?
2: Seal veal. <laughs> Seal veal.
0: <laughs> Back to the car. They're freeing the kids from under the seats. He manages to get Lex out. But Tim's got his feet stuck under. Like, the the, the, the seats are pressing down into the mud, and they've caught Tim by the ankles. But something else has happened as well once Lex gets out. Uh, T-Rex is back. Back again. Guess who's back? Tell a friend. And she screams. An amazing scream, by the way. She is a really good screamer. And Grant, like, you know, hand on, hand on the mouth, like, shh, can't see us if we don't move. And we get this really tense moment of like the T-Rex swinging his head, trying to find them two things. How the fuck did it not smell it when it got close enough to blow (laughs) Grant's hat off with his fucking like nose blast?
1: I actually have an answer for that. Okay. I think it sniffed right next to them. And
2: exhaled. I still don't buy it. (laughs) Not for what has been established as a predatory animal to not have some sort of sense of smell like that. No. Even with the rain and the mud, no. (laughs) And two, it's raining,
0: right? Yes. Well noticed. (laughs) So surely the raindrops hitting and bouncing off of Lex and Grant would create movement that it could see and it would
2: just chomp them. Yeah, but that would still just be like a shape. I mean, It's not like a T-Rex knows what people are. Well, he's clearly trying to eat them. I mean, I think the idea is
1: basically you don't run away because you look like prey, a bit like a bear. Which is kind of what I get, except it was a bear without a sense of smell. (laughs) Because they wanted that beautiful, suspenseful moment with the T-Rex inches away from the face. Yeah,
2: it's great for a moment, otherwise it makes no goddamn sense. Let's just get to the plot hole, please. Okay. (laughs) It starts to spin the car around. And to avoid getting crushed
0: by the car or like running past the T-Rex, they are now in a magical pit that has just (laughs)
2: fucking appeared. In case you thought that the goat platform was a bit of a fluke, when the T-Rex emerges from this pen, you clearly see that its foot is like right next to the wall and then it casually steps over it. (laughs) Would anyone like to do an estimate of how deep this thing is actually at this point? 40 to 50 feet at least. <laughs> I mean, it's like a dam. It's like a
0: dam. Yeah. It's a sheer drop down a wall. Grant and Lex have to hold on to wires that are, well, you know, flopping off. Well, they also have to like, get over to another one before the car crushes them as the T-Rex chucks the car over the edge, into a tree. Dude, I
2: was looking for the seam here, and I couldn't see it. I I thought it was gonna cut away or something, maybe as the car was just starting to come down, but no, it rushes right past him, and it looks like it was all done together them grabbing that other cable, and I don't know if maybe that was the cue to cut it loose or or what, but it looks like that was all done in one.
0: So, yeah, but it's really crazy because uh, Tim died in this fall, and then this (laughs) movie took a really dark turn. He just got crushed to death from the force of the impact into the tree.
2: (laughs) I think that you're underestimating just how absorbent trees are. I I thought you were about to say how (laughs) absorbent children are.
1: (laughs) How many times have we seen trees save characters in movies just through the power of branch catching.
2: They're downy soft. I mean, if I could replace my memory foam mattress with some lumber, I would just be all for it.
0: <laughs> John, we will take you to Home Depot. We, we will make this happen. But no, not really. No, he does not die. He will survive this. Uh, back in the control room, Samuel Jackson has to explain how you know, explains how badly Nedry's fucked the system. He cannot get Jurassic Park back online without him. So asks, Hammond asks Muldoon to get a gas Jeep, go out and save his grandkids. Fuck the rest of them, by the way. Just go save my grandkids. And Ellie goes with him to make sure that he doesn't just save the grandkids or no. It's I think it's like her just being a badass. Like, like I'm not going to sit around and be passive. I'm going to chip in. I'm going to go into danger, too.
2: It's a bit of I'm not going to be passive. And also, uh, there's someone out there I care about.
0: Yeah, I am someone who's willing to do it again. This is how you do a badass female character without insisting upon yourself. Look at this movie, Hollywood. So speaking of Nedry, he slides his jeep off the road, crashes it conveniently uh, on a waterfall right by a cave, apparently, that leads to the east dock. Uh, Apparently got to drive through a cave.
2: Yeah, but he tried to drive over it, but he does see the road and knows he needs to get down there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's got the jeep jammed over a log, so he's going to try and get a tie the winch at the front of the jeep around something. Uh but then he fat guy Pratt falls down a waterfall which uh causes him to lose his glasses, but that's fine, he can afford more glasses. And then he gets stalked by the dilophosaurus as he ties the winch around a tree. I would like to shout
1: out about the sound effects guys because the different sounds that the dilophosaurus gets
2: starts out really cute. Yes, it sounds so cute. It does. Again, the dinosaur's ugly as fuck, but it is a cute scene. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's, like, he's
0: clearly a carnivore, but he can't see because he he's just like, oh, nice dinosaur. You're not, you're not like one of your big cousins. You're not a T-Rex, so you're probably fine. <laughs> and starts
2: treating it like a goddamn dog. Like he tries to get it to play fetch. Kind of
0: worked with a Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, but he wouldn't know that.
2: (laughs) Well, with the Tyrannosaurus, you made the big sweeping movements to make sure that you had its attention. This was, I'm going to shake a stick right in your goddamn face. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so he doesn't
0: chase the stick because it's not an idiot. And he's like, well, no wonder you're extinct.
2: Yes, because this is a dinosaur that can see, hear, and smell.
0: (laughs) Well, Nedry doesn't realize he's about to become extinct, so he tries to go back up the waterfall... And he turns around, sees that the dinosaur is still stalking him, and this is where we get the infamous fans coming out of the neck, crazy sound coming out of the dinosaur. Again, the the sound effects people are just fucking amazing in this movie. Turns from cute to vicious in the most incredible way. And the movie's definitely taking some massive creative licenses with the Dilophosaurus, because there's no evidence that it had Neck fans or spits venom because it spits venom at him. He runs to the top. He's about to get into his car. He turns around and he takes some black tarry venom right in the eyeballs. And he's got the craziest scream. We're talking, we're talking, Lex has a great scream. The way Nedry screams has always sounded weird to me. <laughs> it's fucking wild, man. So yeah, he gets back into the car, closes it up. This poison is supposed to blind you. Uh, he's not blinded. He's managed. He manages to like, get the po- get it off his face and open his eyes. Guys, how the fuck does this dinosaur get in this car? I
2: say, a yeah, motherfucking dino got itself in the passenger seat. How yeah. the fuck <laughs> did this dinosaur
0: get in the goddamn passenger seat? Like he just like open this? says like oh well if he's gonna get in the car I'm gonna get in the car
2: too. Ain't no rule says that no, the Lophosaurus can't get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is a moment that always stuck with me from the book. It's um it's how a chapter ends, and I don't think he actually makes it back in the car, but he is blinded by the spit, and suddenly just feels this like searing heat sort of thing like across his belly. Uh, I mean he's blinded, he doesn't know what's going on. He just this, searing pain, and all of a sudden he just starts, and the last thing, the last thought he ever had was he realized he's holding his own intestines. Whoa. <gasps> oh, it's fucking badass!
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the one question I had is why was there any need for the shot of the embryos falling off into the mud?
2: I don't know, but everyone at the time thought that was going to be the sequel hook. Yeah, yeah, I heard that, but it... it... But how I don't know, like, even though the coolant ran out in the cans, somehow being buried in the mud helped them be preserved. And then someone would find that and recreate dinosaurs. And oh, that would be, uh... I see. yeah. I mean, it would be totally different than the sequel that we
0: got. You but know? I think it's just to symbolize that, like, because it gets buried under a pile of mud. I think it's just to symbolize, like, how it was just for nothing. Like, he died for nothing. Like, all this effort, all this thing it was just, like, such a waste. Back in the T Rex paddock, uh, Lex is freaking out about how the lawyer left them, and Grant's like, "No, it's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get Timmy out of the tree." Climbs up to Timmy, who's not dead. Uh, he's just huddling in this vertical car, just huddling on the dash. I guess is where he his butt would be. And as Grant goes into the car to try and get him out, he moves the steering wheel, which turns the wheel, which was essentially pressed against a branch and holding the car up it's now not being held up so as they start going down they realize that the car is collapsing down the tree yeah my note is the tree has incredible timing (laughs) very dramatic timing yeah (laughs) this is something i've never because this this like now it's a race against the car
2: down the tree
0: why don't they just climb around
2: yeah no this this (laughs) got brought up plenty of times and it's you know for the thrill rule of cool. And Spielberg literally acknowledged this and was like, yeah, I just always find it funny to have really smart people do really dumb things. <laughs> like he acknowledges that yes, if they moved, cause there is a shitload of branches all over this tree. If they moved two feet, you know, to the side, they'd be perfectly safe and could calmly work their way down the tree. Absolutely. You could chalk it up to panic, but it's like, it's like Indiana Jones ro- running from that boulder at the beginning of the first movie if he stood exactly where he was that thing would have gone over his head and just gone past him but it's not cool (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah they make it to the bottom and then weirdly they get crushed by the
2: car the movie ends here yeah right i did not rec- i did not remember this part of the movie <laughs> which was really weird that they tried to run because the car gets caught on like the roots it's not falling through anymore and they decide to try and run away from the trunk of the tree as the car starts falling <laughs> over <laughs> I mean, a, another example of, you know, a smart person doing a really dumb thing, but still. And speaking of amazing composite
0: shots, this is one of those amazing composite shots, because obviously they're not going to really have Sam Neill and Joseph Mozzarella. I forget the last name. <laughs> Mozzello. <laughs> I mean, you were close. I, I'm hungry. Uh, so Joseph, Italian last name. Um. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're obviously not gonna like drop a car on them. So they had them pretend Ah, oh, Sam Neill and Little Joey Italy. <laughs> so yeah, they, they were they clearly were on a in a blue screen stage and they pretended and then they shot the car falling over and they put them together. So now they're back in the car again. But at least they're out of the tree. Uh, at least uh. they're out of the tree. Hey, you gotta look on the bright side of almost getting crushed by a a Ford Explorer. This moment of nearly killing a child brought to you by Ford. <laughs> Ford, we're death traps. <laughs> so Ellie and Muldoon arrive on the scene. And uh, despite the fact that there were multiple people in the car, including children, they both call out for Alan Grant. That's weird. They're not like, Hey, Tim, Lex, Dr. Malcolm. It's just Grant. They only give a. F- I-, I get why she gives a fuck about Grant, but he was sent specifically to get the grandkids. He's not calling out their names. I'm not sure he ever learned their names. Hammond's children? Are you out <laughs> yeah, there, Hammond's uh, yeah. children?
2: Children!
0: Younglings?
2: <laughs> Sorry, Hayden Christensen already murdered them all.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they-, they find the dead lawyer. Uh, they also find Jeff Goldblum, who's managed to. Put a tourniquet on himself under, like, the grassy wickerness that fell on top of him. He was able to take off his belt and apply a tourniquet to one of his legs. So they put him in the car. They're out looking for him. They leave Jeff. Well, going- first they
1: ask, should we chance moving him? And then uh, he says, please, please chance. <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: the answer is, yes, get me the fuck out of here. So, yeah, they put him in the back of the car. They go off and leave him alone there. And this is where we get more tremors except it's
2: yeah they they leave him to go investigate the other car they see some footprints and then on their way back we got more tremors yeah but it's it's just another just really well done moment where we get the tremors and then there's the person who knows what that means (laughs) 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 who is not in a position to do anything about
0: it Yes, he's like, oh, those are impact tremors. I'm fairly alarmed here. <laughs> <laughs> he sees the like, Muldoon and Ellie right by. He's like, yeah, we gotta go. We gotta, we gotta go right now. Right the fuck now. Like we gotta go. And as they start the car, T Rex comes through the trees, and we get a very one of the most famous. Like, this movie's so fucking iconic.
2: This iconic chase scene. The T Rex is chasing the car. And that beautiful shot of objects in mirror closer than they appear. Really?
1: <laughs> it's so <laughs> As the T-Rex
2: is, like, uncomfortably close in the reflection.
0: <laughs>
1: it's so good.
0: And we also get, like, the first of Ellie yell swearing <laughs> when she is absolutely terrified. It's the first time. She's, like, sh- she's just yelling, shit, shit. Like, and again, like, of course she is. There's a fucking monster chasing her. Like she's like the badass female character, but like she at least gets to be human because of course she's gonna scream like that. I would scream like that. I would scream nine octaves higher if I was being chased by a goddamn T Rex. Like
2: Yeah, I was about to say I would not scream like that. I would not be like shit, shit. I'd be like ah! Yep.
0: And you can quote
1: me. Malcolm ends up shuffling his way from the car onto the gear shift so that he can't get into a top gear so they slow down yeah
0: so they slow down the T-Rex catches up and they just got fucking mauled again these, (laughs) these things I do not remember happening in the movie saved by a low hanging tree stump tree stump ex
1: machina that blocks him and then he's got enough time to get the gold bloom off the gear shift and speed
0: up
2: a surprisingly non-cushiony tree stump <laughs> yeah
0: this one there was some impact behind this one yeah so at the end of this great line for from jeff gold was like you think they'll have that on the tour uh so after hearing the t-rex roaring in the distance uh grant and the kids climb a tree so that they'll be at convenient biting heights.
2: yeah i wanted to call bullshit on this except that Grant knows about Dilophosaurs and potentially raptors roaming around, so just hiding down there amongst like the, the above-ground roots wouldn't really be that great of an idea either.
1: There is a lot of evidence to suggest that humans descended from
0: uh, tree-sleeping monkeys, so I thought that was kind of like a... Like they're devolving through this experience in a way?
1: Returning to their primal roots.
0: Well, whatever the reason, they're in the tree, and up there they see... Heard of Brachiosaurs in the distance.
1: Now, the CGI Brachiosaurs are fantastic, but the close-up practical effects puppet one is
2: really not very good. Yeah, this one's so-so, but I found these Brachiosaurs just kind of so-so as well. Well, dated. The earlier ones, fantastic. The T-Rex that we've seen, you know, the digital version, fantastic. These, this is where we're really starting to see its age. But here's the thing. They've just been
0: attacked by a T-Rex. They presumably don't want to draw attention to himself. So seeing these brachiosaurs like singing to each other, Alan Grant decides he wants to get in on the action and he makes brachiosaur noises too. And like a bunch more pop up through the tree line to respond.
2: Yeah. And, and Lex is worried about getting eaten. And this is where basically we get the conversation that boils down to hashtag not all dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Veggiesaurs. These are veggiesaurs, Lex. Well, in the process of this, they're going to go to sleep in the tree. He straight-up lies and says he'll stay up all night.
2: And the kids do not develop a great sense of mistrust of this man.
0: <laughs> well, no, because he <laughs> saved Timmy from a tree instead of running into a bathroom and getting eaten by a dinosaur, so they trust are more inclined to trust him.
1: They reward him with terrible children's jokes. Um, and he throws his raptor claw away.
0: Yeah, the sim- the symbolism, of course, being like, this is the thing, This this sharp pointy part of himself that he used to terrorize the child earlier, he's letting go of that side of him and he's embracing his paternal side.
1: I I always assumed he's giving up his career to become a daycare parent (laughs) for the rest of his life.
0: Hard to do that with a raptor. There is
2: actually a strong case for that. (laughs) (laughs) Back at the
0: visitor center, the movie shows us all the awesome merch we can buy once we leave the theater. (laughs) Gotta get that branding in. And I gotta say, it worked. Spaceballs, the lunchbox. Spaceballs, <laughs> the book. <laughs> well, I will buy your shit if it's a good movie. Oh, I I will still buy <laughs> Jurassic Park shit. Like I hate merchandising and like like cynical branding and well this brainwashing children. I will I will buy dr- gladly buy Jurassic Park shit. And ha- Hammond is having a a sad lonely ice cream party in the in the dining room, <laughs> uh, and Ellie joins him and apparently gave jeff goldblum a shot of morphine because apparently being a paleobotanist qualifies you to administer a potentially addictive and or lethal painkiller
1: <laughs> i like to think she's just a she's just a morphine addict and just had some spare hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't the park's morphine it was her
0: personal stash <laughs> wow she got that shit through custom <laughs> So Hammond is now wistfully talking about a flea circus he opened. So he heads a fucking genetic engineering company, but his first thing that he ever opened was a a flea circus, an illusion.
2: Yeah, he's a piece of shit con man at heart. And I love this scene because, again, with Richard Atmer, you still just love him. But, I mean, this really just exemplifies everything that he's all about. It's all about appearance and just how incredibly shallow he is and how he'll just and he has no problem, you know, uh, manipulating people to show that he's this wonderful amazing person who can perform these wonders and yet he's just a con man. I love this scene. This is honestly despite all the thrills and action and great stuff, this is actually my favorite scene of the movie.
1: Yeah, as a as a con man wanting to be genuine.
0: There's a bit of that, but he just can't let go. Yeah, he he talks about how with drastic park he wanted to create something that
2: wasn't an illusion and my note here is oh poor billionaire <laughs> we get the spared no expense again because of the the ice cream being so good but he has what like five or six different tubs of ice cream well
0: because the power's out and they were melting so you might as well just eat them
2: no it's that loss of the image everything is melting everything is going away and he's going to hold on to anything he can it's Fucking that, is, that, is, that is a great, great interpretation here.
0: <laughs> and so again, but he, but he continues with his delusion. He thinks he's going to get control back in this park and he's going to fix all the things. We're too reliant on automation. I can see that now. Next time, everything is correct. And Ellie
2: just tells him to sit down and shut the fuck up and eat your goddamn ice cream. <laughs> it's so good she's
0: like yeah you never had control the control you thought you had was the illusion and the only thing that actually matters now is the people we love and it's a point where he like still thinks he's going to get control back he has this line here he says creation is an act of sheer will and my note here is that sounds like something hitler would have said well i wouldn't go that far (laughs) it just sounds like a billionaire phrase
1: Something, Steve jo- something that Steve Jobs might have said. Say a truth and then make it so, or something
2: like that. That's what I have on my spirit board that I send out into the ether and make it be. Guys, we need to create a new uh, game called Hitler or
0: Billionaire. <laughs> 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 did, it, did Hitler say it, or did a billionaire say it? <laughs> uh, well, anyways, speaking of Brachiosauruses... I don't think that was a terrible segue, but I'm still going to run with it because uh, they've woken up the next day and a Brachiosaurus has come to their tree. Uh, Lexi freaks out. No, it's a veggie Relax, you know. And somehow, Timmy deduces that this fucking thing had a cold.
2: Yeah, I guess it's a bit red around the nostrils, you know, because of how well Brachiosaurus can rub an itch on the top of their head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Well, we know how soft the trees are, so it's probably just, you know, Blowing oh, its nose yeah, into there the you trees. Go. Yeah. And you know, even the softest tissue is going to rub you raw at some point. And uh, source sneezes on Lexi. Gross. Ha ha. Because she was finally being nice to it. Attempted kids joke right there, which I don't think landed. Well, we're no longer even as a kid. I didn't. I don't think I cared for this. I yeah, I didn't. Yeah. So other uh, back on the ground. Timmy's is like, great. Now she's never going to come out of her room. She's never going to try anything new. She's just going to be a computer nerd. And she's like, no. Yeah, I'm- this
2: is where we learn about her supposed hacking skills. Yeah, she's
0: like, I prefer to be called a hacker. Don't dead name me. Um, so. <laughs> The fucking audacity of this kid to call her a nerd when he has encyclopedic fucking knowledge (laughs) of dinosaurs and not even dinosaurs, archaeologists. So Grant finds, surprise, surprise, some dinosaur eggs. What? They can't breathe. They're all girls. Dinosaurs? Yeah, they find some dinosaur eggs. And life Found The way because basically he's like oh Shit um now because he's You know here's like I feel like Paleontologists have to have some Solid biological Knowledge so like I I get why he
2: would Yeah I would imagine so So he's like
0: oh shit yeah So uh some West African frogs are known To spontaneously change sex from male to Female or vice versa in a single sex environment Shit life found the way And my thought is hang on (laughs) (laughs) These fucking Geneticists who are Sourcing frogs to fill in these gene sequence gaps wouldn't use the fucking frogs that could change sex when they're trying to use single sex as a as a security thing that's a giant fucking oversight
2: that's what happens when the corporation just gets too big you can't have that communicate you can't have stable communication between see, departments see this is
0: before slack okay you know it was paper memos <laughs> and not everyone got the memo yeah
2: man the uh, not everyone got the memos I don't know if this is correct about certain frogs or not, but it does happen in nature, specifically with clownfish.
1: Yeah, clownfish, they, they do change. In fact, it's the alpha male that changes to a female.
2: <laughs> yeah, so watch out if we ever talk about finding Nemo, because Nemo's dad would suddenly become his sex partner. Just saying. Are you mad? <laughs> that enough? is a scientific fact. It's very true. Listen, guys. Are you man enough to be a woman? Nope. (laughs) Nope. Multiple (laughs) orgasms sound great, but I am not down with uh, going through menstruation. Sorry. Contact me another 15 years. I would be in the throes of menopause. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) John, you're always in menopause to me. That's man. (laughs) Thank you very much.
0: yeah cut to a magnificent open
2: shirt reclining jeff goldblum in the control room there was a long (laughs) gap between whenever i would watch this movie because i saw it a lot when i was a kid and then somehow like just this trend of sexy jeff goldblum specifically (laughs) from this movie happened i was like what are you talking about that i was i'm like Okay, I kind of see what you're getting at. <laughs> he is the only character who's truly objectified in this movie. And this is it. And so
0: Hammond's like, look, we got we to gotta do a hard reset, get rid of whatever Nedry did with the system. And Samuel Jackson's like, nope, you can find somebody else. I will not do it. We have no idea if the shit's going to come back on.
2: We might just make things worse. I really want to know what Sam Jackson's idea of worse is. Because all of the security systems have failed. They still got lights on. But they have no way of communicating with the outside world, other than we will learn walkie-talkies, but that's not really going to do much for their situation. So, really, apart from having some lights, I mean, the rest of the power's out. The ice cream's fucking melting. Yeah, the ice cream should have put them over the edge, if we're being honest. (laughs) So, how much is it worse? I mean, seriously... You gotta try it, man. Just turn it off and back on again. Muldoon brings up the lysine contingency
0: as, like, so basically they have to... They they genetically engineered the animals to not produce this particular amino acid, lysine, and so if they don't give it to them, they die so that's to prevent them from getting off the island. But that's, like, a medium to long-term solution. Like, you're not gonna... That didn't make sense in the short term. You can't instantly...
2: Out Lysine the dinosaurs. That's simply just the not feeding them. It's it, it's going to be a bit faster than starvation, of course. But
1: it's to put another choice at Hammond for some reason to reveal that he.
2: Yeah, in and his hubris and where his values lies, and that is absolutely out of the question.
0: I forget if they negate if they just like explain this way, but th- the fact that the lysine contingency exists means that there's no sequel because all the dinosaurs die. No, they do resolve it in the beginning of the second. Okay, good. Well, yeah, they, they would have to. So anyways, uh, this is out of the question. No lysine contingency. Hammond won't have it. So Hammond puts his foot down, tells Samuel Jackson, just fucking do it. And so he does. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> shuts, shuts everything down. Turns them on again. And the lights don't come on. Because as we'll learn, the circuit breakers were, were triggered.
2: But a computer is ready for access? <laughs> yeah, one computer
0: is magically immune to electricity not being on. But to tell them that the system's
2: ready. Which means that we have to cross the grounds to flip circuit breakers? <laughs> like, what the fuck, movie? I love you, but what the fuck?
0: Yeah, he's got to go to a maintenance shed on the other side of the compound. And that the, you just got to turn him on, give him three minutes, he'll be back pinning in that fucking shit (laughs) so while samuel jackson's turning on the lights everyone else is going to go down to the emergency bunker uh so grant and the kids find themselves now in an open field with a herd of gallimimuses flocking their way
2: yeah this is the biggest this hasn't aged well of the entire movie this this really doesn't look that good no these gallimimus do not look good
0: Um, So eventually they find cover behind a felled tree. The herd runs past them. They scurry to the other side just in time for the T-Rex to burst out of the trees and chomp one of them. And Timmy's got some fucking (laughs) bloodlust. That's
1: how old kids are at his age. They just, uh, they just, they see blood and they're
2: fascinated by it. Oh yeah, My, my oldest nephew, who again grew up on horror films and like Leprechaun and stuff like that, Uh, we were watching something else i think it was les miserables and you know they had the thing at the barricade and people are getting shot and like he was just walking through and kind of looked at the screen and was like why is there no blood (laughs) like eight years old bloodthirsty little fucker (laughs) love it
1: yeah there's a macabre fascination i think at timmy's age (laughs) i thought that was quite
0: genuine
2: yeah, some of us never grow out of it. <laughs> no. Not me. I didn't mean me. You know, just I'm just <sighs> saying.
0: Some people. That is why we have John live in the Inland Empire for. I'm just our saying, safety. some people. You know, I'm a, I'm a civilized man. I have many leather books <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Timmy's like, oh my, so much blood, and Grant has to like come and like yoink a boy. Like, no, 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 we're we're going now. uh
2: um, yeah, that was a comedy beat. I did enjoy. It was very nice. The pop back in and scoop him up. Very nice.
0: So. Samuel Jackson's been gone for too long. Ellie can't wait any longer. She's going to go figure out what the fuck happened. And Muldoon is like, nope, you're not going to go by yourself. And he unlocks the gun closet, whips out a Franchi Spaz 12. Fuck yeah. One of my favorite movie guns. And then we get misogyny. Yes, we get misogyny. But we also get a great comeback to misogyny
1: because well well first first hammond drops the schematic on uh, malcolm's leg which i thought
0: was just... <laughs> such an ass it's but then like hammond who's like you limp on a cane, dude and he's like look i really yes
2: elderly man who needs a cane to walk believes that he would be better to traverse dinosaur country Simply because he's a man,
0: then you know, relatively young, fit, smart, capable woman like who knows all the sciences, all of them apparently. <laughs> Jesus. Every science. so
2: honestly, I think she's the most. I think she's clearly the most qualified person there to deal with this electrical problem. While we're at it, and she know? probably
0: knows a lot about electrical engineering at the same time. I bet she's a physicist too. Yep. Um. So he's like, oh no. well,
2: yeah. I mean, that's just introductory level course if you want to be a paleobotanist slash dinosaur veterinarian <laughs> i mean in this short trip she's picked up chaos theory along the way this woman's unstoppable
0: yeah she's gonna have like a, a legion of doom by the, by the next sequel. she is a one woman legion,
3: legion of doom. <laughs>
0: the sequel that we deserve i Bet you if we created Ellie Sattler becomes like like the blofeld of women. I feel like we could absolutely fucking pitch that to her.
2: <laughs> cause she's like, Why should you go? He's like, Well, cause I'm a and you're uh a... yeah. And then she's just like Look, we can talk about sexes and how they respond in survival situations once I get back. I'm on channel two and walks the fuck out. It's fucking badass. <laughs> was this uh this was post alien, right?
0: Yes, this is post Uh,
1: Very much so, yes.
0: Yep. So definitely took some
1: good inspiration from that. She is
0: definitely my favorite badass woman after Ripley, for sure. Outside, they see that the raptor fence has been torn apart, and there are tracks leading exactly in the direction where they need to go. That's a great horror moment, by the way, just seeing the wires cut up. And so they go into, like, the, I guess, the jungle area between where the raptor pen is and where the shed is and, and there's at- another Hasselhoff sense
2: moment. The because we're being hunted moment?
1: Yes, yes. He gets us his spidey sense tingles
0: and uh he Somehow knows that they're being hunted. Well, he's a big game hunter from Kenya. He's.
2: Yeah, but that makes more sense because I was talking about Sam Neill having Half Spidey sense earlier, and you're like, oh, there's
0: another one. I was like, where? Where the
2: fuck? What are you talking about, man? (laughs) Yeah, so Ellie's
0: like, hey, we should just make a run for the shed. And Muldoon's like, no, because we're being hunted. And she's like, okay, it's cool. You know, I've got her. So you make a run for the shed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you still go ahead and run. Was Ellie supposed to take this that he was going to be providing covering fire with a shotgun? Yeah, and apparently this would stop a
0: 60-mile-per-hour raptor, one of three, from just, like, breaking off from the pack and taking her the fuck out? I think he said, we can't. So, uh, you can, but I can't.
1: Right,
2: again, because he'll provide covering fire with a shotgun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she makes it inside the shed, and Hammond starts to guide her using the schematic, and jeff goldblum was like no man just tell her to follow the wires and he's like i know how to read a schematic he's clearly
2: more p- of that hubris man and as we'll learn he's he's fucking wrong he's
0: fucking wrong but also like i think he's feeling a little emasculated after ellie just put him the fuck in his place for like the eighth time straight probably i mean we only saw it happen twice but and so now grant and the kids are at uh the perimeter fence and how the fuck have they been navigating? Like, how do they know which direction to go? Like, how have they been orienteering? We don't have to answer that, but these are questions that came to my mind. Sam Deal, like, you know, looking at the fence, chucking some wood against it, notices that the there's no lights on. He's like, well, I guess... Well, I guess the pan was off because his fucking Kiwi accent slips the <laughs> fuck out <laughs> in this moment.
1: Yeah, my note here is Grant traumatizes the already traumatized kids with electrocution fake-outs. <laughs> Always
0: loved this. I'm, I'm in agreement with Tim. This was great. And so now we get, um, we get this great sequence because Ellie finally finds the... She finds the circuit breakers and she's starting to power the thing up at the same time that they're going over the fence, so there's this great suspense like being built up here, where it's like, "Oh fuck, are they gonna get off the fence in time before she
2: turns the power back on?" And luckily for them, there's a warning clacks on to let them know the power is on its way for
0: extra suspense. Like, like as the the, the buttons she's pushing to turn all the power sectors on the perimeter fence is right at the bottom so that's that's nice so lex and grant make it to the bottom tim kind of is being a little slow so he's still way the fuck up there when the klaxon is going off and grant's like you gotta jump he proceeds to stand
1: far back to a point that there's no way if timmy jumped he would actually land in his arms that is also true he would land flat on his
0: ass.
2: Well, no wonder Tim's like, no, I'm not going to fucking
1: jump. You're not standing in the right spot, Dr. Grant.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, he, Timmy doesn't jump in time. He gets electrocuted, falls 20 feet to the ground, and uh, between the electrocution and breaking his neck, he fucking died again. Crazy. It's, it's, I,
1: I can't remember. I do not remember him dying three times, but it's it just happened, you know?
0: Tuck and roll, unconscious
2: boy! Tuck and roll!
0: <laughs> so power's back on, and we get a raptor jump scare inside the shed. Um, Best jump scare ever. It was great. I have never I have never seen a better jump scare than this. Because it's, like, you think it's a triumphant moment. The music is telling you it's a triumphant moment. Ellie's like, Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. bra. Horror movie! the head out of the wires. Oh, God.
1: And then right afterwards... We get the best full scare
0: ever because it turns out to be a real one. Yeah, so she like runs through the, a door. She closes the door, relaxes way too quickly. Apparently, she forgets there's a fucking raptor on the other side of this like <laughs> fence door thing. A, a hand lands on her shoulder, and she thinks, oh, Samuel Jackson, I'm so glad you're behind me. And not just your arm. Oh shit! It's just your arm. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: the fact that they're both back to back
0: as well, just and also more, just Ellie like screams swearing during the sequence. It's amazing. Yeah. So she runs. Why does she have a limp at this point? Like from this point on, she has a limp. Like she limps down the walkway as she runs up to to the outside. Like something. Like how did she get her leg injured?
2: Yeah, some part of the sequence must have been cut. I don't know. You're right. Yeah, so she's got
0: a limp now. She limps out, closes the door, runs out into the area where they were being hunted, and relaxes. (laughs) So now Muldoon is hunting the raptor, and he thinks he's got the one... And this is where we get the callback.
2: That's because he was not there in Montana at the beginning of this for his raptor hunting lesson. (laughs) Right, because it happens exactly the way Grant described
0: it to the kid. He thinks he's going to get the raptor in front of him. A raptor peers out of the bushes to the side. And again, one of the most iconic lines in the history of cinema, not just this movie in fucking cinema. Clever girl, and he try he tries he tries to turn around and bring the gun onto the the raptor, but obviously too fast, and he gets torn apart again. And his scream is weird too. Like I don't know how you're supposed to scream when you're pretending to get shredded apart by a raptor. It just him and Nedry's screams always sounded weird to me. At
2: least Wilhelm wasn't there. And then
1: a snake goes by, which is <laughs> more potential food for the raptor, but the raptor doesn't
0: even move. Yeah, the the the, the front raptor doesn't move. He's just chilling like. What's up, cuz? So Grant CPRs Tim back to life, and they all make it back to the visitor's center. Grad drops them off at the dining room. He's like, look, I'm gonna go find the others. And that's where Tim and Lex find a fucking breakfast buffet spread. Like... There's all these pastries and
2: cakes and breads and salads. Just I was like, this is not confined to breakfast buffet. This is just a goddamn banquet. Yeah, where the fuck did this come from? Because Tim hits up the desserts and likes at least, you know, she's got some fruit and some broccoli and stuff on her plate eventually. But then we get what can only be referred to as the Jello shot. Uh- <laughs>
0: Outside, yeah, outside, Grant and Ellie reunite, and then yeah, we get the Jello shot because they're eat- happily eating their food, like clearly fucking hungry. They haven't eaten since lunch the the previous day, and then you see Lexi just looking in terror behind Timmy while the Jello on her spoon is just shaking.
1: One of the most incredible scenes sequences then because is the kitchen scene with the rep.
3: Oh my god.
1: Every time I watch this movie, I think, you know, after the incredible Tyrannosaurus scene, I think, I think, oh, there's this number of scenes that are next that I'm not going to be interested in. And then I remind myself of the kitchen scene is coming up and I can't stop watching.
3: <laughs> so good.
2: Yeah, because you've heard about these creatures intelligence. Uh, you get you know, delivered as sort of a throwaway line of yeah, we'll be safe, you know, as long as they haven't figured out how to open doors. And then you see they have. But what I think really shows the intelligence best is I mean, I guess you could call it a toe tap. The the Raptors well the Raptors know that they've ran into the kitchen area. They figure out how to come in and you have that that very low close up of them walking and then one just stops and kind of like click 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 with its toe like of this shot here you can tell that it's thinking and trying to puzzle out and work out what's going on because yeah we we
1: first get the breath at the window and then the 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 opening the opening of the door the fact that they're spotted and in my opinion one of the greatest sequences as after the raptor is inside is As it walks down, you see this beautiful shot of both the raptor's claws and the kid's hands in the same frame. It's so just
0: muscle tensing. Oh my god! Well, and this is after it called. Like the first raptor calls the second one. Like gets back up on its haunches and it makes this just blood curdling like like just calling out, and the second one comes in. So, yeah, they're, they're, as Jay Jewel said, like, they're, they're crawling, like, they're trying to crawl away from the raptors, the raptors are walking in the opposite direction, the raptor whacks its tail across the top of the countertops, and it puts a bunch of, like, kitchen crap out, like, rains kitchen crap on top of the kids, and so they have to scurry around. Timmy's too scared to move at some point, like, Lex keeps going down the other row and she's like come on get the fuck over here And he's like "Mm -mm, i'm not gonna move a ladle gets a life of its own and drops and because he won't move lex has to like bang another ladle on the other side to distract them from finding timmy and then she gets them to crash well one of them at least to crash into a reflection of her the raptor does run headfirst into her reflection and knocks itself the f- well it doesn't get knock itself out it gets knocked over and it's kind of down for the count for a little bit.
2: Yeah, Tim seizes this opportunity to put his life in total fucking jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, despite the fact that he also has a limp,
0: he like limps his
2: way to the the walk in freezer. He had a limp walking around the banquet though. His is as a product from electrocution in the fall. He did have one previously. Despite the fact that he knows he's got a limp, he <laughs> yes, thinks yes, he's going to exactly. fucking
0: outrun a raptor. To, like, and he does. That's It happens.
2: He's going to hobble his way down the kitchen and almost miss like his little dodge-a-maneuver in the freezer (laughs) yeah he grabs this freezer door like uses as a
0: fulcrum to spin himself around while the raptor slides across the floor slams into a bunch of freezer stuff and timmy just barely gets out tries to close the door but the raptor's got its head coming out so lexi has to like run down the hall slam into it too to get to you know close
2: the door and lock I it don't believe these kids could have closed the door on that raptor
0: no, I mean I As
2: as powerful as these animals have been shown to be n- no no I don't care that the floor was slightly slippery
1: plus we know now that that raptor died a very painful death how so
2: Well, it locked in the freezer. Ah, but the freezer is non-functional, and that's why the floor is slippery in the
0: first place. But the power turns on. Well, it wasn't functional. The power's just come back on. It's still, like, cooling down. That is true. It is going to start freezing. That's
2: going to be a raptor popsicle. (laughs) Yeah, and they just, like, get the fuck out of there, so there was no one coming to let it out. No one's going to
1: rescue that raptor.
2: Shed raptor gets itself out. Shed raptor clearly gets itself out. As yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Shed raptor. Later. So
0: they run away.
1: Shed raptor. Shed raptor. <laughs> it's a sequel to
0: Velocipasta. <laughs> what the fuck is Velocipasta?
1: The movie Velocipasta. Have you not heard
2: of this? No, we don't know about this, Julian. We need to know what Velocipasta. That was
0: a massive
1: joke going around. The perfect movie does not exist. And then you show a picture of Velocipasta, which is basically a pasta and a Velociraptor movie. I,
0: I, I need to watch this. <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyways, we'll, we'll, well, John and I will definitely go down that rabbit hole after the record. So, yeah, they run out and bonk on the head. Raptor is clearly pissed at them for making her bonk her head. So um, vengeance will be hers, maybe. So outside they meet up with Grant and Ellie. It's like, hey, the Raptors are in there. They make their way to the control room. Uh, the doors locks don't work. So Grant and Ellie have to hold the door to the Raptor, you know, that's trying to get in. And the gun gets like shoved out of their like out of reach of them, so they can't grab the gun to shoot at the raptor. So they need to get the you know because Ellie was about to reboot the system, but then needed to help Grant with the door. But Lex, being a hacker, can go use this really crazy fucking graphic operating system. Like, what the fuck is this? But
2: hacking is not an issue here. It's a just an odd user interface. Yes. <laughs> Windows ninety five ain't got shit on this. Yeah, there's clas- there's clusters of types of files. Like this is the security, you know, island of computer files. This is maintenance. This is you know whatever else. And she's just kind of slowly. I mean, I I would call it the computer's fault, but slowly moving between them until she finds the right folder and to click basically power on because you know hacking hacking also tim is fucking useless in this moment like oh yeah he's just bouncing around with his hands on his head like he's gonna go piss himself it's so funny he's
1: just he was acting panicked and he just sort sort of slapping his own hair it's really funny
0: hey kid go grab the gun and give it to alan fucker go pick up the gun they're clearly trying to get the gun go give them the gun
2: i mean i don't find myself sticking up for children very often but he was recently electrocuted and almost eaten so That's true. don't care tim is really close to not being able to function again he's bouncing around like he has to go pee
0: well anyways she gets the the thing on and the door locks and the phones are back on now and calls alan grant calls him tell them to send the helicopters and then you hear they're gonna come through the glass how I looked at those glass panes. They are reinforced fucking glass. It's got, you know, those like Yeah, if
2: anything shooting them is what's going to allow the raptors to come
0: in. <laughs> yeah, those raptors are going to take hours of just like bonking against this this reinforced glass before they get in. Like mm. But the movie needs to move, so they they get in. <laughs> yeah. Right before the raptors get in, they've found a ladder and they've climbed up into the ceiling grates. And this is fucking crazy. So they're crawling towards a vent, and the raptor head just pops up on the square ceiling grate that Lexi's on. (laughs) And stays there. I love that. Fucking how? Because they kick its head. It falls to the ground. Lexi falls through too. They pull her up just before it jumps up to try and bite her. So if it needs to jump up to try and bite her, how the fuck? fuck is this thing getting through the ceiling
2: how did it suspend itself up there There was a ladder and when it got kicked its falling body knocked it far enough away that it was no longer in the shot looking down through the ceiling it's the best i got by the way very decent CGI work here on Lex. Clearly decent because I never noticed it. Yeah, no, that was a stunt woman, but there's that moment where she's hanging where she looks up and they had to put the actress's face on the stunt woman. Get the fuck out of here, huh? By the way, hover raptors is a scary
0: concept. I'm just gonna throw that out there. That's <laughs> That's why I'm going with ladders, man. <laughs> the raptors is like, oh god, these fucking humans. I gotta
2: all the way <laughs> they're like well no 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 it, it there was a ladder already set up so it was like well may as well check it out <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they make it to
0: the vent and the vent leads them to the scat there's the scaffolding that's around the skeletons in the main hallway of the visitor center and so um as they're getting onto the scaffolding raptor shows up and then definitely not their stump doubles jump onto the skeleton.
2: (laughs) Yes, this is true.
0: And then the raptor jumps on, which causes the, the the Brontosaurus skeleton to fall apart. And basically they're all, these individual bone pieces are suspended on cables that were used to hold the skeleton up when it was all together. So there's a whole sequence of them just spinning around on these bones.
1: And then they all fall to their death and die. It's a weird, it was a weird ending. Eh, not all of them. They, some of them fell and just broke several bones. Timmy definitely got crushed by uh...
0: Tim is a fucking cat, okay? How many lives does this kid have? <laughs>
2: Tim is a fucking
0: cat. <laughs> oh god, yeah, Tim is a fucking cat. Um <laughs> Yeah, cuz like he gets out of the ground but then the the ribs and the spine fall down on top of it. And don't crush him. Don't crush him. He just <laughs> manages to find the very narrow gap that allows him to live. And just the f- force doesn't bring the spy. It's fucking crazy.
2: There can be only one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, Shed Raptor, I guess this is now here. like she shows up now through somewhere. So now they're kind of caught between two raptors.
2: But this is where my pen comes back. As you may recall, my pen of where we revisit that the Tyrannosaurus footsteps create loud noises and tremors through the earth that you can feel. Oh, stealth wrecks now that. Oh, and the fact that they're also goddamn ninjas who are undetectable until they're in the exact same room as you.
1: <laughs> are you referring to the Tyrannosaurus
2: ex machina? yes uh there were no machines for it to emerge from so no <laughs> i am referring to ninja rex this thing is a goddamn ninja comes out of nowhere to save. Him. yeah literally from nowhere and again spielberg acknowledges this and is like it's fucking cool all right <laughs> like, this rule of cool and we needed. it and we needed to see the T Rex again. Okay. To be fair, they 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 put this wall like the, this
0: hole in the wall magically. This whole hole in the wall magically appears because when the, when because when Shred Wrap Shred Raptor Shed Raptor <laughs> comes in comes in through this like plastic sheeting that's covering this hole in the wall because they're clearly renovating this one wall or putting it in that which was not there at the start of the weekend. By the way, You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is how Shed Raptor got in and through that big giant fucking hole in the wall is how the T-Rex came in. It's all bullshit because that hole was not there at the start of the weekend. But that is the flimsy explanation for how both these animals got in there.
2: Yeah, but clearly T Rex was pulling the Scooby and Shaggy towing its way through. Oh, T Rex nat
0: twenty'd his stealth like her stealth check on this fucking like sneak into the visitor center. Part of the campaign,
1: and then uh, the raptor, instead of running for its life, decides to attack the Tyrannosaurus. Yeah,
0: after it kills the first raptor, they by well, the way they run in front of the T Rex to get out of the building. They don't try to find another way out. They're just gonna run
2: through. Yeah, they just nope it the fuck out.
0: Uh, they get the jeep, uh, Mister Hammond. After careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. So have I. That's that's the exchange.
2: Yeah, I mean, do you get to? Whole endorsement for your own thing I'm not sure that's how endorsement works well your own personal endorsement he's no longer going to be
0: uh, standing his own park but- it's such an awesome movie we got a nitpick where we can we do <laughs> so yeah so inside the T-Rex yeah as you were right the, the second raptor Jules like attacks the T-Rex after it kills the first one the T-Rex just like picks it off of it her just like turns her head around grabs the raptor crushes it in her jaws chucks it into the t-rex skeleton (laughs) and just causes it to shatter and then gives a triumphant roar as a banner that reads when dinosaurs ruled the earth falls down that's a beautiful moment it really is Because rule of cool rule of fucking awesome (laughs) i i don't know if a t-rex could launch a velociraptor i don't give a fuck (laughs) I don't give a fuck if this is physically impossible. So he's like, hey, that's physically impossible. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That's fucking awesome. And so, yeah, they get to the helicopter. Hammond is like mournfully looking into the distance while you hear dinosaur cries. And he's like, no, old man, we're going now. Get in the fucking helicopter. And yeah, so the helicopter Hammond looks sadly at the amber. Then he mournfully looks at his cane, which has a little amber mosquito in it. And again, I write, oh, poor billionaire. Ellie looks at Grant because like, the kids are napping on Grant and Ellie's looking at him like, "Mm mm-hmm, see? You're you you're going to be a great dad. And he's like, yes, I am.
2: No. And that's when he looks at her and quotes Keanu Reeves in speed and tells her that relationships built on <laughs> highly intense situations don't work. out. <laughs> Just don't expect me to feel this way about any other goddamn kids. All right. So yeah. There's a look at, between them
0: like, OK, he's OK having kids now. They will not get married canonically. So that's uh, that's a whole thing. She will go on and have a kid with another man. Jurassic Park 3. We watch a flock of pelicans for some reason, like flying across the water. And John Williams plays us out. And I wish I could just say that so many more times in my life. Just walking outside to take out the trash. John Williams plays me out. I just wish. It's so
1: beautiful. I, I almost missed the riding off into the sunset cliche.
0: And that was Jurassic Park And before we go, as millennials, we know that every movie and TV show has a moral for us. So, uh, Jules, what'd you learn today?
1: That we should stop science before it's too late.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, science will kill us all.
2: And John, what did you learn? Uh, mine was really simple. I learned that above-the-knee chino shorts are acceptable business a- attire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, I learned you shouldn't underpay the IT guy who's the only one who knows how your computer systems
2: work. That is sound advice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, we of course need to tell you what we're doing next time. So, John, what do the folks at home have to get wound up to?
2: Oh, wonderful tale of whimsy and imagination with Toy Story.
0: Ah, uh, John, uh... Do you happen to have a, a review to get us all excited for for Toy Story?
2: I have a review from the one and only Robert E. Lee. <laughs> I don't normally call out who writes the reviews, but this username was it was very important that you have this for context. Like William T. Sherman, but worse. <laughs> This film fills me with more rage than the burning of Atlanta. I can't believe this was a movie that was actually made. Although, Buzz Lightyear can take me to infinity and beyond. (laughs) Robert E. Lee also wrote a review for Resident Evil that says, This film is more embarrassing to me than the Battle of Gettysburg, and that's saying something.
0: Oh my God. That's my, that's fucking amazing. Oh God. Well, if it's going to piss off Robert E. Lee, it's probably a good movie. So (laughs) that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends and whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it. If you give us a five star rating on Apple podcasts or wherever you can to help others find us. Also be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram links to all of that. Are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.